Jared is a jagoff. A jagoff, jagoff, jagoff. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, you're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, I know. 56 <laughs> minutes. Wah, 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 wah. recording all right cool all right well welcome to uh something um, just happened <laughs> um something just happened gate <laughs> yeah that's weird like i don't even know what to call this the the official sidekick episode i want to say yeah because for as much i think rodney doesn't want to admit it that he's the main hero because uh-huh. i mean rodney's too nice right um i have to be the sidekick out of that fucking group just I understand, but see, I kind of look at it another way. I mean, like, we can call this, you know, the sidekick episode. This is like the Teen Titans episode. Yeah. Can we just call it the Titans? Titans, I like just it. It's the Titans episode? Titans episode, I like it. Cool. And, uh... Because but... we all grew up <laughs> at some point. Can I be metamorpho? Can I be somebody really random? Absolutely. Be whoever you want. Awesome. Hmm. Beast Boy. <laughs> Although he was changeling in Kingdom Come. And he oh, was, was he? kick-ass in Kingdom Come, yeah. But... And there, his form can only, he can only shape shift into mythical creatures. Oh, really? That'd yeah. be kind of cool, though. Yeah. So like, like you've got so much of, you've got so much more DC knowledge than I do. Like my my knowledge kind of stops at the whole uh, death of Superman, mm. and which is a good place to stop. Because right. Because at that point, you're just like, you know what? I'm hanging up my coat. Like everything has happened. Right. I mean, I, I remember yeah. being young and going, "Oh my God, they killed Superman!" I remember hearing it on the radio that. I got I got a little choked up when I found I was like, wow, no more Superman. And back then, it was a different world. Uh-huh. You, you kill a superhero, and it's... They died. That was it. I'm like, holy shit, Superman's dead. Right. Now, if they kill a super, superhero, like, I give it about 15 seconds. Oh, there seconds. went one. Yeah. <laughs> In the meantime, me thinking, he, they already brought him back. Um, Johnny Storm's dead again. Spoiler alert. Yeah, who, who cares? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. Did you ever try and get that black poly bag or anything back in the day? Like, because how old were you when Superman died? Because you're because you're a bit younger than me, right? Um, I was born eighty four. Yeah, so you're two years younger than me. Yeah. So so we'd have been um, around the same age. My dad and my brother both have a copy of the ba- of the oh, of, do they? Of the original one still in the bag? They've never opened it. I have one too. Um, I bought one, but I was just I want to read what happened, you know? Yep. Because back then there was no internet. There wasn't exactly just finding out. There wasn't, you know, the comicsology or the mm-hmm. you know Marvel or DC app where you could read the book and not exactly. have to, you know, collect it. I remember trying to find that book, and when it first launched, like, so this is early '90s. I mean, you're seeing those things in stores for fifty, sixty, seventy bucks a pop exactly. for the black poly bag, and then you get the chrome black poly bag edition too, and everything is crazy. That was like um, around the same. That was when they really went apeshit with covers. Yeah. Um, besides the Batman vs. Superman, Superman, there was like a Spider-Man annual one. Uh-huh. Where it was green with a hologram on it. Yep. And then there was a black one with a hologram on it. Different yeah. comics. And there was the Jim Lee X-Men. Yeah, I was, was just going to say the X-Men X- X- Unlimited, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Or Uncanny? Or was yeah, it? Uncanny X-Men. Yeah, number one, like when they finally launched the whole, like when they finally committed to doing the 90s edition mm-hmm. era of the X-Men. It was and that, amazing. It was a great and great cover, but there's so many anymore. variants to it. What's nice now is Marvel's starting to go back to comic variants. Um, yeah, they do the black and whites, but now they're doing more. Like they did the hip hop covers. Oh, did they? I didn't see a those. A bunch of Marvel characters, like as Rakim. Oh, okay, and, that's um, cool. Tribe Called Quest and stuff. So for me, I was like, that's 
it's a mix of two worlds that I fucking love yeah, right now. Classic absolutely. hip-hop and, uh, and uh, comic books. I like the uh, new edition of the, uh, what is it, the Super Awesome Hulk or whatever. Like, the the, the, the different editions of the covers they did for that, the I thought it was pretty yes, cool. I don't really care for the whole Asian Hulk thing. I know. <laughs> I digress. Uh, on the last episode of UTJH, shout out to geeks of go for coming by. Oh, nice. I didn't, I didn't know that. They never read Crisis on Infinite Earths. Okay. Which... Talk about DC lore. That's as big of an event as you can possibly get. Gotcha. It's got about 500 people on the cover alone. Okay. And it's just beautifully drawn. But it has to be one of the most complicated story arcs ever. Oh, really? I've read it probably five, six times, and it's just like, hold on. Let me page back about three pages just to figure out what the hell is happening in this one panel that has to do with that far back. Oh, wow. They really tried to tie it. Yeah. I, I, I haven't read it either. They were try, what they were trying to do is at the time, there were too many um, divergent storylines going mm-hmm. on, too many continuities. Right. So you got Batman on the verge of death in one storyline, sure. and then you know, he's just fighting around Robin another. Right. So they're saying, okay, in this storyline, there's this guy named the Anti-Monitor, and he's destroying all the other universes. So what they were trying to do is break it down to just one universe. Okay. Like, you know, Earth 2, Batman is done. Right. This and this and this and this. And we're bringing everybody together in one sole universe and see what happens. Right. It didn't work, obviously. Right. Um, Because even now you just have Batman doing all kinds of shit. Right. But for what it was, that was as big of an event as they've had until the death of Superman again. Right. So... Yeah, so that's all my DC knowledge. <laughs> I remember trying to chase down the comic. Like I was saying, I was trying to get like my hands on a black polybag edition and everything. And, like, there was no way. I mean, you know, I'm 10, 12 years old at the time. No way I'm going to be able to. Right. No means, no job. No, no chance, right? <laughs> so it was, always, it was always one of those, like, like I had I had a list of comics that I wanted to own when I, when I got older. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Secret Wars with Spider-Man in his black costume. That cover when, when he's, like, standing. looking at it. <laughs> it's an awesome one. My brother has a T-shirt with that cover it's a great cover i think yeah. it's just awesome and i've always wanted the death of superman um black poly bag with funeral for a friend doomsday because i started collect after the death i was like that's what really got me back into comics mm-hmm. i kind of looked at comics when i was a kid like i'd go help my aunt out or something she gave me some money take me to the comic shop like that was my reward we for were helping talking out. about that not to interrupt i guess we're still abiding by the same rules so i interrupted so i get to yeah drink. you get to drink and it's like it's what we do um, <laughs> On the last show of UCJH, and I'm not going to try to not bring up our own show that much because this is a special bond right. that we have going on. That's um, right. You're my flashlight. But <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about what what well, I brought up. What when was it that you realized I'm a nerd? This is my life now. Okay. Because like, I I mentioned that it was one comic book that I got that it changed my fucking life. Okay. And everyone kind of did their own, like said their own stuff. What was yours? What was your one time where you're just like, good or bad, vagina or no, I'm going to be a nerd for the rest of my life, and I'm fine with it. Yeah. Because I think if you're you're a true geek or nerd, you need that moment. Right. And you could almost define it. You're not necessarily born into it, um, but there's there comes a point where you're just like, man. This one comic was so awesome that I'm done. This is me forever. Yep. Um, For me, I've got like a two-part answer to that question. For me, the first part, the the first answer off the top of my head is Infinity Gauntlet. When they had the four-comic run Infinity Gauntlet, 
was right when I was starting. Like I said, my aunt would take me when mm-hmm. I, I'd go visit back home in Michigan. Like I'd help her out around the house or something. She'd give me some, give me some money for helping her out, you know, a couple bucks for helping her out. But back then a couple bucks could get you five comics, yeah. you know, especially if they're, you know, like on the shelf for a few months already, you could buy them for 40, 50 cents a piece. Exactly. Right. And but, not even in a comic book store, but like at a Seven Eleven, yeah. you could find comic books back in the day. Yep. And uh, but but luckily, like a block and a half from her house, I had older cousins. I had two two uh, Matt and Mike. They're about they're uh, five and eight years older than me, hmm. and they would take me with them to the comic shop nice. to spend the money. But I remember there was another comic shop in that same town that I had my mom take me to. So I kind of like was just buying stuff because I was like trying to get the most amount of money, like most amount of value I could out of it. And, and my cousins were big DC people, big DC guys. But like the stuff I was getting with, like there was no coherent story. I didn't see a storyline yeah. for anything. Then when I saw the Infinity Gauntlet, I bought two, three, and four. I couldn't afford one. Mm-hmm. When my mom took me, she didn't see why it would be worth spending $6 on a comic book when it says, you know, $1.75 on the cover. Yeah. She's like, are you out of your mind? No, but you can buy the other three i'm like okay like, but i'll take it right so so i checked those out and that really like just seeing all seeing everybody there it's kind of like you know the secret wars too like when they it was another comic it was another um push to sell action figures it was another push for that which is fine i have no problem with it and, and i didn't know kid, what it was I, I want the and i'm a kid i'm like look at awesome. look at all of these awesome guys <laughs> like look, look at this craziness it's awesome right so that's when I had my first, like, that's why I love Thanos so much. And that's why I'm, like, was super stoked to see that that's what they're kind of going with with the Avengers movies. But when I really kind of committed to the whole geek or nerd or whatever you want to call it of, okay, I'm collecting comics, was at same comic shop. Again, I wanted to try and find a coherent storyline for more than, like, more than, like, three or four books. I wanted, I wanted a storyline. So the cheapest storyline I could get that i got was um it's a marvel no no almost as bad though it was uh things only really produced back in the late 80s early 90s um and it was uh sleepwalker i like sleepwalker and i got one through eight and my mom let me get colors of that costume were a little far-fetched but yeah but i was like it was kind of cool to be able to sit down and read one through eight you know, and like actually have, okay, here's the beginning part of a story. And then I kind of got out of it again because where I lived in Wisconsin, I didn't have access to a comic shop. So the only thing I could get is like going to Walmart or going, you know, or going yeah. to like then shit. There was, it was a Piggly Wiggly going to the periodical rack and seeing if they had comics there, which is actually where I bought my spawn number one. Wow. They had, they were doing the uh, thing like it was like a, a plastic sealed. Um, like hard plastic seal to where you could get, you got three comics out of it and right on the front was spawn number one. And all I knew is that image comics is new. I've never seen spawn before. And it's a, it's a number one. So I need to get it. So I bought, I bought spawn. I had spawn one and two and like another oddball image comic in there. I got it for three ninety nine. That spawn number one total ripoff of another. I mean, it's, they're both Todd McFarlane drawn, right? But that, that, one image of Spider-Man with all the webbing that Todd McFarlane did. Yep. It's the exact same yes, it is. just with Spawn. Yep. And uh, I remember seeing that cover as a kid and being like, who the fuck is this guy? And I was Absolutely. intrigued. I mean, Spawn was dope. The the toys that came out of it were even awesome. Oh, yeah. There was, you know, the cartoon on HBO. And yep. That it's, was a... Uh, Spawn, I, th- I think Spawn kind of, you know, hitting off and, like, being able to have that cartoon show on, on HBO allowed other allowed that subculture that indie comic thing to really come up and and gain 
gain some traction. Like, cause I mean, I remember, do you remember the max, yeah. like the comic? I mean, the, the cartoon show, the max, that was awesome. And that was creepy as shit. And there was the wildcats TV show. Yeah. I mean, it was their version of trying to do what the X-Men cartoon right. did in the early nineties, which was another pivotal moment for me. Oh yeah. Like, like look, look, this is amazing. Um, this is a, this is an amazing TV show. So let me, let me, let me, right uh, like, let me let me shout out U2JH on this one and uh, kind of rip something off. Uh-oh. So if you, if you got to go left or right with either Batman animated oh, series or I'll, X-Men. I hope you didn't do that. Oh, where are you man. going, man? Batman the animated series blew my mind the first time because it was so stoic and dark. And you felt the characters. But right. at the time, I was more of a Marvel guy. Right. And I was reading all of Jim Lee uh, X-Men back in the 90s. And that's what all that is based off of. Mm-hmm. And seeing those characters interacting with one another and saying, like, holy shit, there's Beast. And, you know, look at Wolverine. And they right. the voice actors captured all those characters so well to me. I, I had Absol- to go X-Men on See, that one. And, and I would, too. And I think that that, like, I think if you look at the uh, the early, you know, the, the comic, I'm sorry, the X-Men cartoon and Batman the Animated Series, it's kind of like a, like what we're dealing with now with the Marvel Universe on the screen versus the uh, Nolan verse. I think it's very similar. Like mm-hmm. if you look at, you've got this other style of comic book movie exactly, going yep. on. And because, I mean, Batman the Animated Series, I don't know if any, I mean, people listening would know, but that was the first comic, I mean, that was the first cartoon to ever be drawn on black paper. Mm-hmm. So they built the colors up off of black. Which is why it had that specific. It, it, it was the first one to do that. And I it thought that was, that was, was a beautiful, genius. beautiful cartoon. Still is. And looking back now, Batman holds up a little better than that. I agree. Movie. Oh yeah, like that. Like I would, if you were to ask me right now, if you were to buy the whole run yeah. of one of the two of them, I would I'd buy a Batman Batman and series. But if I think about what I liked watching back when I was a kid, oh, yeah. I would rather sit down for a Saturday morning and watch back to back to back to back. X Men, Spider Man. There's right. Iron Man. The uh, Fantastic Four cartoon, which was, yeah, you know, yeah. Was still, it was still something like it was still what I at the time was man, comic books are huge right now. This is as big as it's gonna get. Yeah, twelve year old Adam had no fucking idea, right? <laughs> that all this is happening now. Yeah, and I have the choice to wait to get you know all these movies to get the Phase Two box set like I'm waiting right now. Yep. Um, I can't like I wish I could go back in time and be like here, enjoy. Right. Yeah. You're 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 gonna be ahead of the curve. You're not the dork. Yep. You're ahead of everyone else now. Everyone else yep. is gonna catch up to you one day. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Um So yeah, I, what's what's the biggest comic book run you tried to collect? Like what's it like or story arc or what like what, was, what's the largest okay. one you tried to tried to do? I'm gonna grab a beer, I'll be right back. Take a take a second to think about it. Now when you're saying a comic book run are you saying when I was a kid or even up till now? Up till now. Like, um, for Man. instance, I'll give you an explanation. Like, for instance, my answer would be I wanted, when I was, when I was younger, I wanted to collect the, re, the Return of Superman. Mm-hmm. So after he died and, we, and I knew that it was going to be a run, you know, the, the Superman and then the Return of Superman, I wanted that whole run. And I collected them month by month as the books came out. And then as I got a little bit older and got out of trading, you know, I got out of the books. I had to find and piece together a few more books versus like going to eBay right now and going, okay, okay. I, you know what I'm saying? It's like, like, so one that you tried to actually like get as it was coming out. The, the Incredible Hulk was definitely my number one. Oh yeah. Um, 
that first comic that I was telling you about, the first one that changed my, mm-hmm. my whole world, I was talking about on the other show, was the Hulk, the Pantheon saga, which, looking back and now, wasn't, it's not the best written comic sure. of all time, but it was when Bruce Banner and the Hulk fused into one guy. Oh, and okay. So he had a smart Hulk who was, you know... A cognizant Hulk that could actually... He was full of himself because he's, you know, Bruce Banner with this body, finally, you know. Right. He had hot-ass Marlowe in the picture. And uh, it was seeing him interact as a part of a team for the first time, besides, like, the Avengers. He was part of that team for right, like, yeah. five minutes. He's right. part of Defenders for five minutes. But right. This was... He joined this team called the Pantheon, and there were all these people based off of like bullfinch mythology and they, okay. you know, Atlas was there and all that stuff. Sure. So it was really cool to see because I used to read about mythology also. So it's like, I was a huge these mythology two worlds geek. are fucking colliding in comic books in the right. best way. So every month I'd make sure to pick up the next. So I think it was like 383, 384. Up okay, to like, cool. You know, 390 or something like that. And then I stopped that for a while and, uh, and the Hulk was really the only thing that I read growing up for the most part. Of course, then you had the major events because mm-hmm. that was the Hulk that was in Infinity Gauntlet with right. the brown outfit. That, yep. that was that Hulk series. So a few issues in, he's fighting with the Abomination and he gets sucked into that portal that transforms right. him to fight Thanos. Right. So I remember reading that like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> and then I read it Where'd he go? And I'm like, oh shit. So now he's in this whole story. And then right. mm, Infinity Gauntlet's over with, boom, he's back to fighting the Abomination. I'm like, that's what I'm talking was about. That, like, was that like a blink in time for the Abomination? Or like, like was he pulled out and, yeah. and it was like just a, and all of a sudden he's back. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, he's gone. Okay, let me sit around here, you no, know, no, he, drink, drink a Coke. The whole time the Abomination... Unlike um, a lot of the other series, the Abomination was in that in those couple issues was a real tragic character, right? Because he had just had uh, toxic waste spilled on him, so he was hideous, and right. there was a woman that he loved, and it was a whole big thing. And he's like, "Dear Lord, give me a sign that I can be with my beloved." And the, and he he's in the midst of fighting the Hulk, and the Hulk gets sucked down. He's like, "Well, that's as good a sign as I'm going to get," and just right. like, walks away. Okay. And I was just like, what? Like, oh this man, it's getting real right now. And I think that was it. Like, I jumped from Hulk to Infinity War back to Hulk and just kept going with that. And then, uh, like, the ferret came out. Okay, with, yeah. With different comic series. Yep. Um, and I started to get into more of the uh, independence because, okay. like, you know, like you said, I want to, I want something from number one. Right. I want to see how somebody's created right. in real time, not get something from the 1960s yep. that, you know, has been over with for years, decades. So that's like why I kind of jumped on the cable bandwagon, like when he came out, because I'm like, oh, man, this is like a new X-Man that's mm-hmm. not like our new X-Men character that's not been done before. I mean, this is like that was our real first yep. guy that we got in the 90s, I think. I mean, if I'm I'm trying to pull back and, and think about it, I mean, to have his own real to really have his own run. Yeah, man, I think so. I mean, Gambit, I mean, Gambit ended up getting a series later. Comics. Right. Yeah, the 90s, like, everybody in their anybody that could pick up a pen. And X-Men was the peak for the longest time. I yeah. Mean, they're, they're more colorful-looking, you know, vibrant characters. Everyone had an attitude for one way or another. Yeah. I mean, the X-Men really pushed out so many brand-new characters. But I think you're right. It did start with Cable. Um and then you had people like Cannonball and stuff like that. But right. But with, like, an actual series that you cared about. Um, 
but then you had, of course, you know, the Age of Apocalypse right. series that came out, and that was a huge fucking thing. And that was, I think that's when Marvel and DC started to say, hey, these huge fucking events are, are selling. Yeah, they're so money. Yeah, Age of Apocalypse. Then you had Onslaught. Then you had oh Onslaught. I remember shit. that. Oh, that was Onslaught crazy. Because I, I didn't get, I didn't get back into X Men during Age of Apocalypse. But I got back in on Onslaught. I was like, holy! I'm like, everything's going bananas right now. Like, shit is going bananas. Yes, and all those heroes died, and then the yeah. heroes were born. Yeah. Oh, God, I love being a nerd. So <clears throat> we're in a time right now of like, um, really, I like I I don't see comic book movies getting better like the, by better what i mean I, like let me let me rephrase what i'm saying um the time that we're in the amount of comic book movies we're getting in the quality of comic book movies we're getting like over the past five years into the next probably two or three years i don't think you're gonna see that i mean it can't continue it, like it, it's not sustainable i don't think but not, not without retconning everybody every few years right which <clears throat> can I mean at this point can you see anybody else playing Iron Man? Can you see anybody else playing um Captain America? No, I but I but I could honestly like I could see Sam Worthington picking up the shield. Sam Worthington is the shit. He's a badass actor for one. He's got a great screen presence. He Man. He, I could see like I could see him picking up the shield if if they don't, you know, He's if they want to. And I don't think he would look good if you were to dye his hair. Right. That's, I'm not thinking. I'm sorry. Not Sam Worthing. That's what I'm thinking. I'm, who's uh, who's Sam that plays uh, the Falcon? Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I sorry, not Worthing. Yeah, I, I screwed up the name. Yeah, David Merkel. I know you're going to bitch at me about it. <laughs> <clears throat> so, but like, I could see Sam them. Wilson. Go, Wilson, thank you. Sam W. Anthony Mackie. That's yeah. His actual name. Yeah, Anthony Mackie. But I could see him. I could see them going that way, and and you know. Killing, I could see, I could literally see them killing Captain America, Chris Evans, Captain America, in Infinity War, either yeah. part one or two, and then and then Anthony Mackie picking up the shield. That'd be crazy if they did that. I mean, I could see them trying to pull some of these new storylines off, but but like these, but these stories that we've been waiting for as young nerds that have geeks that have come up through life. Now we're getting, you know, we're getting our Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. It's coming. But the Iron Man movies we were given, I mean, Batman versus Superman, it, it's 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 the best time to be alive in th- that world. And that's what I mean to say is is that these these stories that we're getting done right now, even I mean, even Age of Apocalypse, I ha- I have my reservations on it. Okay, I really do. But the storylines that we were getting that we loved when we were younger are what we're getting right now, and I don't see yeah, what, either of the studios being able to to, to top. Not the overarching. That, are there are there topping story? Are there any stories that would top those stories? Even in comics, that's what I'm saying. I can't think of any. I mean, like, like okay, they're so picking. You, so now you did Infinity War, right? What the fuck can you do after that, right? Because I think they're going to try the Secret Wars on the small screen. I think that's what they're trying to go with on on Agents of Shield is something along those lines. Because it'd be it'd be nice to get that new kid that plays Spider Man into the black costume oh, and all that stuff. That's what I. Hi, Claire. I, I had to say hi. Hi, Claire. <laughs> Mama Claire, shout out. I know, but still, <laughs> I brought apple pie. Oh, cool. The Dutch type. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I really want the right Venom movie because Spider-Man 3 was horrible. It was so bad. It's, it was so bad. It's one of those movies where, like Daredevil, right? Yeah. Everyone can agree that Daredevil wasn't the best movie. 
I did not like it that much, but though. I, I, I thought it was... I, 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 I like the movie. Like, but I can pick apart things that I like about that movie. Absolutely. Spider-Man 3... When I first watched it... I'm not a Spider-Man fan. Sure. All, but I watched it to be like, okay, impress me. Right. Like, like I just sat back in my chair, folded my arms, and I'm like, impress me. I'm going in with an open mind. Mind Hit me. Right. And it failed on so many yeah. levels. And it's just like... Like, put the fucking mask on Venom. Why? I don't need to see Topher Grace with sharp teeth. This is not what I paid money for. I don't yep. need to see Tobey Maguire dancing around. That's not what I paid money for. Nope. Bryce Dallas Howard, very hot in the movie. Agreed. So, we had that going for us. Which <laughs> nice. um, I was so pissed because my son was born the my son was born on May 3rd, the day it came out. And I was planning on going and seeing that movie. What an asshole. Right, dick. <laughs> so, date. Uh, it was the second night in the uh, hospital. Like everything's cool. My son's fine. Thank God, no issues or nothing. And, I'm out. And Claire's like, "You want to go see the movie, don't you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I do." Because Venom is my all time, all time, all time favorite villain. Like, and I, I love Venom. Like, I could give really two shits about Eddie Spider Venom, right? Yeah, that's my I like I goof around with Steve a lot about Matt Gargan and everything and I think he was fine for the Thunderbolts thing that was going on and I liked that that was fine. But Venom is Eddie Brock. Yeah. Okay. The black, you know, the symbiote on other people isn't Venom, it's quote unquote Venom. You know what I mean? Um so I was so excited. It was you know, it was May 4th, it was the day after it opened up, but my son was just born. I'm like so stoked. Wait, when's your son's birthday? May third? May third, yeah. My, it's my dad's birthday. It's a good day. <laughs> I just realized I was like, yeah. And so I went to go see it. I'm sitting there. That's so excited. I'm so excited because like Spider-Man one was good. Spider-Man two was better. Spider-Man. I mean, with Doc Ock, that was a that was stellar the, movie. A, I mean, for what we were gonna to, like, I'm not. I'm, I can't argue that it was, was, that great. was a great movie. And you, oh had, man, you had him Anthony putting away I mean, Molina's character. Yeah. His was his acting in that was beautiful. I mean, it was it was a he. You had a legit actor, like you had a thespian playing Doc Ock and pulled it off like perfectly, well, right? Yeah. So I had nothing but high expectations. Now, at the same time, I was a little bit reserved on the whole, you know, Topher Grace thing, but I was like, Because you know Eddie Brock's supposed to be a giant right. bodybuilder I'm like, kind of dude. But I'm like, you know, I'll give you that. I'm like, okay, fine. Uh, the size of Venom, if he's not as big, whatever. Topher Grace is at least bigger than Tobey Maguire. He's like, he is physically like four inches taller, a little bit bigger. So he's like 5'5 five, five instead of 5'1, you know? So it's like, I'm amped to go see this movie. Like, because I saw the trailer and like when, and when, you know, they're sitting in the, uh, like when he's uh, sitting in the, when Tover Grace is sitting in the church and he's looking up. And then on the teasers, they had it where he like looks up in the bell tower and the symbiote hits. And then the trailer cuts out by it. Like the trailer's swooping in on this like pile of black on the bottom and, you, and it looks up and it's Venom's face. I was like, and that's all I you lost, needed to do for I, I this movie. My, right? That was it. So I go and see this movie, and I walked out of it just, like, feeling like I got robbed, like, violated. I, I like, you know, I hate when people say, oh, I got my, my childhood was violated. You're ruining much. It's not that. It's just, like, that's not the movie that you tried to show me you were making. I mean, like, like that scary ass, like, that that tension that you were building in that teaser is what this is what it's supposed to be you could have made it a horror movie yes essentially that's that would have been the the greatest route to go with it right that you know 
his spider sense doesn't register when this guy comes around. He has, like, left and right, he has no idea what to do. And that right. Eddie Brock now has this knowledge from the symbiote right. that's transferred over to him. And he could just be fucking with him all yeah. the time. And it could have just been creepy and just a dark movie. And it could have been, like, to, Seven, and, but with yeah, Spider-Man. He could have ended it perfectly with that series. Right. And people would have clamored for more. And you could have gotten the fucking Venom or, uh, excuse me, the Vulture. Right. With, with John Malkovich. And that right. could have been like a twisted movie. Right. You could change what these movies are. Right. They didn't do that. Right. They had they, they, they had their critical flaw that I that I call on every movie that I've seen that, that has that has followed this recipe has failed hard. They had too many villains. You had Sandman, Green Goblin, and Venom. You don't need three villains for a one hero movie. It's unnecessary. You currently are watching the Avengers fight one bad guy. Earth's mightiest heroes, as in plural, are fighting one bad guy, and how are those working out? Just fine. Did you need to come back in Avengers 2 and have Red Skull and Loki? No, you don't. I mean, granted, yeah, you have the overall like Thanos thing moving in the background, but it, it, it's one bad guy mm-hmm. per movie. And it's beautiful. It works yeah. just fine. Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, one bad guy. I love Guardians. My mom, my mom was, I was, uh, I was out of town this, uh, last weekend. Uh, it was, uh, we had my family Christmas on my mom's side of the family. My grandpa wasn't doing too good. And he, uh, he ended up passing at family Christmas, like surrounded by like, everybody was there. Sorry, we didn't, well, I appreciate it, but like, it's the way he would have wanted to go, you know, be like, and it wasn't, it wasn't violent. It wasn't a like, you know, weird. He was able to just kind of pass and it was, it was. But anyway, I digress. Um, my mom was talking about buying Jurassic World without seeing it in the movies. She bought Jurassic World, and she's like, um, I got to tell you, that that Chris Pratt guy? Woo! I'm like, Mom, damn. <laughs> It'd be better if she was like, yeah, he can get it. <laughs> get what? Your peach cobbler? Because that's all I want to think about right now. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, what are you talking about? I'm like, have you, I'm like, Mom, have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy? She's like, uh-uh. I'm like, so you haven't seen him shirtless, covered in orange goo? She's like... I want to. Right. So I'm sitting over there. I'm like, so I'm like, going to go. Need, I'm going to need to borrow that movie. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, so I pull it up on YouTube. She's like, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> and then she starts. She's like, yeah, that's how I like it. Like, I like guys like that where they're not like so skinny and like, I'm like, all right, mom, a little overshare, but that's good. My dad just sitting there like, oh, let me see it. <laughs> <laughs> let me see what my body's not like. Let me, yep. see, let me see that video real quick. <laughs> it was just funny. Cause I was like, my parents now, you know, like they love the comic book movies. They bought Avengers. They like they haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy yet, but they're not gonna. It's not not like they're not gonna watch it. It just doesn't hit them as much as it hits me when it comes out. Exactly. You know. But now that the the geek background is mainstream, I'm not a hater. I think it's fun. I love it. Oh yeah. Anybody that wants to come on in, doors open. Come on in, please. Exactly. Come come enjoy this with me. Let's do this because I had it has brought me so much joy in my life. I love being able to answer questions for people. Yeah. You've answered so many questions for me. <laughs> Just because a movie will come out and I'll get about seven or eight texts. Yep. Is that legit? Is that legit? Is that legit? Is that legit? Like, I mean, yeah. Like, if you're watching a Marvel movie, most of the stuff that you see is legit. Right. And it's funny to me because Marvel has more of a history of being darker in a way. Right, like in terms of the comic books, like more serious material. DC's on the other end of the spectrum, but the movies are completely opposite. Right? Yeah, I, 
And it's so but strange I, that they do that. Like, like DC, you have the means to make a colorful, beautiful Superman movie. But you're going to mute the colors, and you're going to make it darker. Don't get me wrong. I love Man of Steel. I think it was a great movie. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I, think the I thought it was cast well. Yeah, I think the having the larger-than-life destruction. Oh, it's... Sorry, it's Jared's first time with the podcast. Yeah, rookie mistake. Sorry. I uh, believe I balled you out for that on the last one. <laughs> um, the the larger than life destruction that happens. Oh, yeah. Is It's not, everyone's just like, that's so unrealistic. So many people die. But these are, it's supposed to be over the top. It's supposed right. to almost feel like an anime. Like, if you've ever seen any kind of anime, the destruction is up the fucking ass. That looked like, that looked like Akira. Like, the way that, the way, the way they're blowing that city up, it looked like straight out of Akira. Can I just say, at some point in my life, that's the movie that has to be made. Oh, yeah. They're going to have to make Akira. But they have to make it well. Yeah. It can't just be any old fucking movie. Because I was no. watching, um, what was that first movie with Michael B. Jordan? The one where, like, these kids get super Oh, Chronicle? Chronicle. Yeah. There's a part where, like, the kid is, like, floating around. Yeah! And, like, I was like... And I'm like... Did, did they make an Akira movie? And right! Fucking that's that's what I thought about, too. I was like... But that's what scares me. Right. Because if they were to make that movie, people are going to be like, it's just like Chronicle. Like, no! You fucking idiot! <laughs> Akira was first! And even in a Stronger, the, the Kanye West music video for yeah Stronger, there's a part where he's yes. the bed with thing i'm like it's, it's fucking it's akira's shit yeah but i know some of you like they took that shit of a kanye west video and i'm gonna shoot someone because <laughs> it has to happen at that point because fuck, fuck kanye yeah. west for that one well i think i think you're gonna be safe on the akira movie i know it's been talked about there they've been in discussions about making it i know it's eventually gonna get made and i think it's gonna get made well because you gotta understand like akira is the most famous anime movie ever I love made. It. It's a masterpiece. It, it was received extremely well in, in in the United States. It has had many resurgences in the United States with with extra releases, things like that. It just got and, the Blu-ray, right? Love it, it. It's it's actually um, shame on me. It's actually one anime I've never bought because all my friends have always had it. So whenever we're gonna watch it, I just watch theirs. You know, it's like I love it to have the the Japanese audio too. Oh, makes yeah. it better for me. I'd yeah. rather watch it with the Japanese Japanese audio and the English subtitles. Mm-hmm. Just. The way it's meant it flows to be better, it, yeah. and there's and there's things that can't be translated correctly. I mean, that's just the inherent thing of watching a foreign film, regardless if it's an anime, a French flick, Dutch. I mean, uh, Troll Hunter. Have you ever seen that movie on Netflix? No. Troll, you got to check that out. Okay. Okay. They do. It's a it's a Norwegian movie to where um this these people start hunting like trolls, like like the trolls that are taller than forests and stuff. Oh wow. So it's like they it kind of starts off like horror movie style like where these people are, you know kind of like a, a shaky cam type setup mm-hmm. and then you're introduced to this guy that's actually hunting these things but it's all Norwegian and it's all subtitled but it's but it's freaking awesome. It's Norwegian Vin Diesel. Kind of, but like it's an old guy. It's actually more like a or Norwegian Van Helsing. That's cool. Right? So, but there's this thing you get with watching a a foreign film not dubbed and instead subtitled because there's a cadence there's a there's a there's a lyrical quality to the way that that it's written that you can you may not be able to understand what's being said until you're reading the subtitles but but the way that the the words are put together and the flow you get out of the out of the voice of the actors it was written specifically for a reason right when we have it in English literature, if you look at for instance let's take Shakespeare right the iambic pentameter that's in Shakespeare the way that it was written wouldn't translate correctly no right because it's written in a sing-song kind of way for a reason right so i'd like to give that same respect to anybody that's put a movie together from another country i prefer to watch 
I prefer to at least see it in the subtitled form. I may prefer the dub because I just want to kind of like have it on while I'm doing something. Yeah. But I like to at least give that one the shot to see what it's really like. To, because... see, to see how the director wanted it to be seen is, is the way that I see it. Like this person could have made it an English language film if they wanted to. But right. no, they made it in their native tongue for a reason. Right. That's my opinion. And they shout cast out. actors for certain voices. Exactly. You know, it's like. And shout out to Maria real quick for my, uh, my uh, Sons of Anarchy t-shirt but it's not sons of anarchy it's the clowns from akira oh is it awesome that's cool i fucking i love that shirt that's awesome i I, I text her i'm like i want this shirt and she's like i ordered it like i love you so shout out to you i gotta give a shout out to my uh the superhero to my sidekick to uh mr Stephen michael barda the uh, serial killer with three names um he brothers (laughs) we uh we recorded tailgate uh, last weekend on Halloween weekend where we had everybody from our Beta Kappa class mm-hmm. was here and we recorded together. Um, but for that recording, he bought all the guys a um, on pop-up tea. They did these uh, um, Quentin Tarantino t-shirts. So in a text message like two months ago, he kind of hit me, Jeremy, and uh, Tim up and was like, hey, what's your favorite Quentin Tarantino film? I was like, I like Django is my favorite, and each one of us picked a different movie. Really? Django's your favorite? Yeah, Django's my favorite. Wow. Yeah, I gotta go with Reservoir Dogs. It's good. I like it. No complaints against it. Changed the game for me in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, Reservoir Dogs was, I think, it was the first Tarantino film I bought. Um, but it's probably my least favorite of of the group. Even Jackie Brown. I like Jackie Brown. I love Jackie Brown. I like Jackie Brown. Even out of all the movies, which I love, except for the one that he did with Robert Rodriguez. I love that. Oh, dude, that was so good. I didn't really care for that. I didn't care for his film in it, Death Proof, but but Death Proof is the shirt that Steve picked. That's Steve's favorite Tarantino flick. Oh, Steve. (laughs) Wrong again. Somebody else picked. uh, Somebody (laughs) somebody else picked Inglorious Bastards. Like I said, I picked Django, and like they're like stylized tees that represent the film with no words. Oh, wow. So I'll show it to you when I'm when I'm done with this because it's a really badass shirt. It's really cool, like the way they stylized it. So, um, so it's kind of cool. Like for for that for that episode, he gave it to each one. You know, gave us those presents. So shout out to my uh, superhero for getting me a t-shirt. All right. Speaking of our superheroes, since they're not here, and I'm sure they're both going to listen in. Well, let's 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 break the real truth out, okay, guys. So we're actually the superheroes of the shows, but you know you know you don't want to discourage a kid or you know crap on somebody from thinking that they can, you know, like when you're fighting with a kid or arm wrestling, I mean, you let them, you know, pin your arm and everything. Exactly. It's the same thing. You know, yeah, yeah, we're the sidekicks. Okay. It's like when you're fighting with a kid and you want to tell him, like, your dad's a fag, but his dad's really gay and you don't want to cross that line. Yeah. It's like that. Um, But anyway, (laughs) what I wanted to say was, uh, without Rodney being here, I want to talk a little bit about my podcast partner because... I just want to send a big thanks to him. He does all the editing for the shows. Um, for the most part, I'm in charge of booking, but he does his fair share of you know calling people up and hitting people up, asking if they want to be on the show and stuff. And for the people that do love UTJH, that show wouldn't nearly be as good if it weren't for the efforts of Rodney. I agree. Behind, with the background music and all that stuff, it, it takes it's the little things that most people might not catch, but that even when I'm recording, mm-hmm. I see him. Going through, all right, I could put this song in when he says this. And the effort that he puts into the show for something that we're not getting paid for, for something that Absolutely. we don't get a lot of recognition for at all. Right. 
I just want to say thank you and shout out to Rodney for getting that shit done. It's not in vain. I think about it all the time how how much work has to go into just an hour's worth of material. Like it's yeah. crazy to me. And- unless like with me being the editor on our podcast on Something Gate, unless unless you have a perfectly structured like the only the only ones that are easy to edit are a perfectly structured army of two. A perfectly structured army of two is easy to cut, easy to edit, easy to piece together, easy to work. You know, <clears throat> you have your timestamps written down. <clears throat> Pardon me. And you know where to put your music in. I know what I'm going to put in. I've got a notepad. This is what I'm doing. Okay, boom. So when, it goes, when it's time to edit, it's just it's just cut and paste, put, putting stuff where you need it. But if you bring anybody else into the mix, that takes your editing time from like, for I would say for every like every one hour episode I, I have, I can spend... Aside from the army, two ones like anyone that like I have, you know, somewhat of a structure, and we're we're going to be working on it. I say I take two to three hours to edit it, yeah. just to just to get it the way that I want it, the way that I want to listen to it. You know, that's rough. I mean, when I finally when we finally decided to do episode twenty, and we wanted to change our our show up to be have a format. Mm-hmm. When we did that, I wanted that first episode to be on point. I wanted okay these drops here, this drop there. I want to cut this clip in. And then, you know, shout out to uh, the podfather, Nick Prohl, and to Rodney, both for giving me excellent uh, recommendations on how to get audio, get drops that I'm looking for easy. Mm-hmm. They gave me a really good way to get, like, specific audio I'm trying to find the easiest way possible. So it was, it was a huge help on that because, like, you know, you're spending – because all of a sudden you'll have a podcast and it's like, oh, wait, well, we were talking about this and I don't have any of this in my giant library of files or music, so now i got to go find this and then you add that to the point, you know, you add that searching, downloading and everything to having to put it in the show to edit it, it can really add to it. So with their help, it really cut a lot of time out of my schedule to make the show even better. So exactly. I got I to shout those guys out. I mean, it, it's awesome. And, and because of your guys' show, thanks to you, like, you know, listening to yours and Nick's, we've been able to kind of hone our show to where I think we fit without stepping on either of, of the show's we, yeah, we have a niche. Yeah, you're like a, a nice little balance between the political side and the uh, the like. To me, you're gonna get these takes serious topics, right? And they discuss them. If it ends up t- sounding like a fucking joke, it turns into right. But they take they take serious topics. Yeah, right. And it's and it's awesome. Like they they do it so well. And yep. then we take. The other side of the spectrum, like, let's try to not talk about serious. Right, we don't talk about talk work, about, we don't talk about politics, we don't talk about religion. Look at, look at how worked up we get about shit that's definitely not serious. At right, all. And exactly. you guys find that equal balance of, like, you know, the um, the white and nerdy is a little bit us. Right. The, uh, the Florida stories is a little bit them. Right. And you guys have that little back and forth thing with still having a real similar, like, it's so funny. Like, you listen to all three shows, and one person's represented the same way like like nick is real loud and rambunctious right and yeah luke gets irate and he starts screaming but it's but it's few and far between it's, as it's well nukes it's uh, excuse me nick's laugh and his right. prodding of luke oh yeah that stands out to me for your Absolutely. show it's it's you doing the same thing to steve cause right you just poking him a little bit and for ronnie and i we don't really get upset about anything right but i feel like i'm always the one that's just loud and getting more upset and you know just voicing my opinion screaming right ronnie has gotten pretty irate on a few shows oh yeah and it's so funny to watch because ronnie can just turn that off 
as soon as the yeah, is over, just click. All right, so uh, I'm going to go upstairs and just uh, hang out with the kids. Like, <laughs> like, you were just, like, screaming and you were irate, but he just gets it all Like a light switch, man, on or off. Yeah, it's me. It's who I am. Who you hear on the podcast is who I am all the time. I'd, and for anybody listening, I would, for the times that I have met Adam outside of actually recording, I would say that seems about pretty fucking spot on. But I mean, that's just the way I am. Cause I don't, it might sound pretentious of me to think this way in my mind, in my dreams, our podcast is huge and people will recognize me on the streets. Right. And for me, it's like, I don't want them to hear something that I'm not in real person. Right. It's never going to happen. I'm sure that something that can be like, I hear somebody's voice. Are you Adam from UTJH? That would be the greatest fucking moment of my life. Right. But in my mind, that's that's the main reason why. I yeah, not 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 as children being born or as no, uh, or no, day got married. You know, no, being no, recognized no. for his podcast. Yeah, that'd you know. be you know the greatest success of the podcast. <laughs> um, but for me, it's just it's 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 such a it's a weird thing how that sticks in my mind. Like, you know, maybe one day this will be a huge thing. And right. even, even if it isn't, I'm having so much fun doing this kind of stuff every week. Right. And it's hard to do it every week. Oh, it is. I like, we can't, I mean, like with my schedule and stuff, I just, I just can't, I mean, two kids, my work that I do grad school, I can't. And I'd like to have a social life and do other things. Like I, I like to, but like, I don't have a structured, this is my social life. This right. kind of stuff for, I mean, like you said, two kids, Right. I have a really strange schedule. Right. Ronnie has two kids. Right. But you also have the benefit of, of your wives being sisters to where yes. if you wives want to get together, it's not like, oh, hey, I'm going to go hook up with Rodney and hang out. Or Rodney's going to be coming over with that chick you don't like. That's there are his wife. Times where Sandra doesn't even sh- show up. Sure. But, 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 but it's but always. Like a, you said, it is easier. It, 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 it um, is conducive to the podcast relationship. You know, because then all of a sudden the podcast is like an hour or hour and 15, 20, 30 minutes out of your day mm-hmm. of your, you know, family night of exactly. getting together. It's it's not like – it's the same thing as if you were like if we were having a family night and like I was going to go work on something in the garage for an hour with my with my brother-in-law or something. It's it's the same thing, right? Um, I forgot what the fuck I was going to say. Yep, blanked. It happens. Go I got to take a piss. Go ahead. Where's the bathroom again? Oh, uh, right there. Yep. All right, so sorry, I had a pee break. Sorry, my face has been buried in some pie. Yeah, but <clears throat> speaking of that, I remember what I was going to say now. Okay, great. So you're talking about being, you know, recognized or something. You want to make sure that you're that person mm-hmm. as you're recording that you would be on the street, right? The way that I always look at what I'm record, like when I'm at it, not even editing, like when I when I'm recording, I want whatever I'm saying. I want the person that I am and that I'm comfortable being like, like I want to be able to defend that to anybody. So like if guys at work or something stumble upon my podcast, cause I'm not a lot, I'm not Facebook friends with a lot of guys at work, but I'm a friend, Facebook friend with some of them mm-hmm. and the way I promote the show and everything. I mean, I'm in a supervisory position in management. Like it'd be easy for somebody <laughs> to be like, uh, and you were shit hammered on this date. And I was like, you know, I want to be able to go. Yeah. And I was not working and, Every point, everything I said, I'm comfortable standing behind that. I said that, agree with this, don't agree with it or whatever, you know. Um, that's why, like, there's there are certain topics we'll avoid. You know, like Steve and I, the, I I've nixed a few topics from, like, things we wanted to kind of discuss, you know, current current topic items like uh, vaccinations and shit like that, that I just, I've got such, a, I've got such an opinion on it. I don't want 
I don't want to argue that I, I, there's no value to be added to the show for me to, to me to stand that point. Plus, if I'm ever in a position at work or something like that, or if somebody in my family here, you know, I don't ever want to have to defend a something that I take a rabid stance on. You know what I mean? So that's why, like, some of the shows that we won't talk about certain current topics. Like, you know, we'll go on a few shows where we'll talk about, like, the current topics happening right now because things are important or whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, we'll go to, like, to some, like, goofy, fun, like, completely nonsensical show. Because the current topic at the time, we're not necessarily, like, I vetoed or he vetoed. And we're like, no, we're not going to even go over that. You know what I mean? So, like, I always okay. want to be able to – I want to be able to stand in front of somebody and they go, you said this. And I go, yes, I did. Absolutely. And I'll say it again. It's the reason why – we don't talk about work on the podcast. Right. For me. Absolutely. I can't do that, you know? Right. Only because it's not necessarily that I'd be bashing my job. I like my mm-hmm. job. But there's so many rules and stipulations when it comes to the position that I'm in that I don't want that to end up being something that they'd be like, well, okay, well, you're fucking fired for having this podcast, you know? Right. It won't get to that point, but it fits the criteria of the show. To keep the levity up for us to Absolutely. Be like, no work, no religion, no politics. It's three things that people will have a stance on, will get into a fight over, right. will fucking go wave shit. And that's not what we designed this show for. Like, we wanted to keep it up. And nobody wants it. Like, people are plenty happy to hear people make points and counterpoints that are logical and sensical back and forth. Nobody wants to hear two people arguing. Exactly. No, like, literally arguing over something. I mean, and some my- people do, but those are... Not my target audience. I don't care if they listen. Yeah, exactly. Honestly. Exactly. I mean, trust me, I'd love to have as many listeners as I can, but honestly, if that's what you're looking for and you're not happy about it, go stop listen. listening. I don't yeah, care. I mean, exactly. you're welcome to go to the next podcast on the line. I really don't. I really don't care. Um, my father always told me when I was growing up, he goes, when you're arguing with an idiot, make sure they're not doing the same thing. Because of stances you can take on things, you will like so like rapidly or, you know, rapidly defend that you sound just as dumb as the person that you think you're arguing with because you're taking such of a, such a stance on something. Mm-hmm. So I always try to, I always, that's one of those things that I was, you know, that's told a, younger that's that a I good phrase. I like that. Phrase. Yeah. That's a good one. You know, so that's why I generally don't argue with people. Like I'll, I'll point counterpoint stuff with them, mm-hmm. especially, you know, like Steve on the episode at times, like if we get on different sides of a coin, which is very rare, but I, I'll point counterpoint all day long, but I will not argue with somebody. I no. won't do it. I, I don't argue anybody for almost anything right and i'm you know not to bring up my work again but i'm in a position where i have to argue all the time and i just don't right. do it there are other people that will get all the way up here they're you know mm-hmm. upset and screaming and they're like, at a 10 and you're at a two like you are <laughs> wasting your time all right anyway all right so now to the regularly scheduled portion of our program <laughs> i have a few topics that i sent to uh jared here that through text message, the awesome means of communication that we have nowadays. Was that before or after our uh, flashlight this is before emoji? Before our beautiful, pitch perfect to back and forth song marathon <laughs> with emojis. <laughs> so, so that was just amazing um, and just so impromptu. Like it wasn't even anything bigger. And what's even weirder is I was singing that song in the morning. No, you weren't. <laughs> so I showed it to me, and she's like, "Oh, did you, so you told them that you're singing?" I'm like, "No." This is the world that I live in now. Mm-hmm. Everything just comes full circle. Um, Phrasing. Nice one. So. Oh, fuck. You ready? Oh, I can do that. All right. So, a few topics to discuss. First off, I was going to do that, but I didn't want to be rude. <laughs> 
Jared just walked up to Mama Claire and just gave her a hug from behind, so that was adorable. And then <laughs> to get me a beer. <laughs> class, class, class. Alright, so unexpected crying moments in movies. Mo- mo- movies that you've seen that you're like, oh, it's just a regular, you know, romantic comedy or something, whatever. And then by the end of it, you're not weeping necessarily, but you're just like, what is this salty discharge from my eyes? Phrasing. There it is. <laughs> um, that's actually a Seinfeld quote. Oh, man. But still. Another thing that you and I completely disagree on. Yeah, I know. Which is funny because Judge Reinhold is in a few episodes of Seinfeld. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Which is their spoof of Schindler's List. Oh, is that the one like where like you went out, you you were making out during Schindler? Is uh-huh. that the one like where he was making out with the and Judge during? Reinhold at the end was like this ring, this ring could have bought him two more days. Oh yeah, like that. And it's <laughs> absolutely perfect. Their parody of it, but um, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go first. If okay. okay, with you. Yep. As a tradition. To it for, for <laughs> um, man, movies that made me cry. Oh, um, Click. Oh, okay. The first time I saw Click, and he's at, spoiler alert, it's the end of the movie, and he's like running towards his son, and it's raining out, and his son doesn't give a shit about him. I was just like, oh my God, what's happening right now? It was, just, <laughs> it was a horrible but awesome moment in that regard where it's just like, I'm crying to an Adam Sandler movie. Good job, Universe. Happy G- you win. Happy Gilmore made you cry. <laughs> All right, you go. Um, the one that I cried to that surprised the shit out of me that I cried to, and I've talked about this on a, on a previous podcast, but I have to agree with it, is um, is uh, the Katy Perry movie. Yeah. Where What? What <laughs> happened in that movie that got you? Um. I can try and say about how drunk I was or whatever when I was from, <laughs> from. But did you ever hear like that that that's the the like the spiral of tears that I went down that night? No. Okay, so I, I go think on. I listened to the episode. Okay. But it's been a while. Long story short, go on a brewery tour. Start drinking tequila at the person that was DDing for the brewery tour for me and like a few other guys. Get back home. And I have all the beer that I bought on the brewery tours from the four different breweries we went to the Yikes. same day. And we started drinking, but Is I'm like, Milwaukee? no, we were in, uh, we went to three Floyds, went to a Flossmore station, oh, wow. like locally. And, um, so I get home and Claire's sitting here and I'm like, it, you know, it's like, it's, it's like wintertime almost, you know, so it's, you know, it's five o'clock and it's dark. So I get home at six and it's dark out. I'm like. I want to crank up my surround sound. I want to listen to a movie that's got music. And she's like, have you seen Pitch Perfect yet? I said, no, I haven't seen Pitch Perfect. Boom, puts on Pitch Perfect. And then at the end of the movie, like like the way that her dad's supporting, like clapping for her in the end of Pitch Perfect. Like, oh, my God. And, I, and like, <laughs> my daughter was two at the time. I'm like, I hope I can support my daughter like that somehow in my life. It's so beautiful. So I'm like, let me get another beer and, and put on, let's find another movie. Cause I want to listen to like music. Like that was good. But like, I want to listen to like music in a movie. So she's like the Katy Perry movies right there. I'm like, yeah, Katy Perry movie. Turn, turn my sound system up, rocking out. The kids are probably hating on me and everything. Another, another thing. Her parents like were super like Christian and everything, mm-hmm. but like still supported her, like trying to figure out who she was and like supporting her music. And now I've been drinking even more. 
she's on stage dancing to like to, to California girls, and I'm bawling my eyes. Like, oh my god! Oh my god! Look at her mom's in the crowd. Oh my god! They love her so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a real high point in my life. Yes. But uh, yeah, so the two movies that I didn't expect to uh, come like come away with tears coming off my face was those two, and and that happened. And then I watched Pitch Perfect too, and and I, and I rolled at least a little tear when I saw it. When they're at the end, spoiler alert, with all the other Bellas, I think it's, it's pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty moving. Is, it's pretty moving. Yeah. That's like I don't think the, I don't think I, the performance was as good. Yeah. Like I think Dasan Machine probably had the uh, better performance, but uh, Dasan Machine didn't make me roll a tear, and then Bellas did. So, Becca fucking Mitchell will do that to you. So what? So along the same line, on the same line, what is the chick flick that you thought you weren't going to cry at that you lost it at? Mm. Like, cause you know, you know how we go into chick flicks, right? It's like, yeah, I'll be all right. I'm right, gonna watch this with you, and I'm yeah, be, be um, a guy about it. Do you have one? And you may not. See, for me, it's a, a chick flick is a is a term I don't like to because they're. I mean, they're the holiday. There you go. The okay, ho- the holiday is one. It's not balling. Like, I, there's. I don't right. think there's ever been a movie where I'm like I don't know. That, it, that, that's never happened to me, but. The holiday to me when, uh, and it's Jude Law, or I'm sorry, um, Cameron Diaz tells this whole story. I don't, have you seen? The yeah, movie? I've seen the holiday. Yeah, the whole story where she's talking about it was me, my mom, my dad, and we were the Three Musketeers, and you know my parents split up, and it was just a weird thing. And then she, they're in the tent with Jude Law and his two daughters, mm-hmm. and uh, she's like, "We're the Three Musketeers," and I was just like, "Oh my god!" It goes <laughs> full circle for Cameron. <laughs> I can go to the bathroom. And just like wow, like. Like you got me, like that. Yep. I I wasn't even really upset. I was just like, hey. yep. The Notebook got me. The Notebook to me has to be one of the most overrated movies of all time. And it very well may be, but <laughs> but that last right scene, in the feels. but dude, that last. So you've obviously seen the Notebook. Yeah. That that last scene when he's reading to her. Uh Don't get me wrong. I walked into it halfway. I didn't know what was going on. Oh, by the way. By the way, like I had seen the notebook years before the, that drunken night of Katy Perry and uh-huh. everything, right? Um, and cried a bit when I saw it. When I came home, shit hammered, had a DD, so I was responsible. Came home, and she greeted me at the door and like welcomed me in before we started watching Pitch Perfect in the Katy Perry movie. She had the fucking notebook on, and it was right in the part at the end of the goddamn movie where I cried like a little bitch. So I started off the night on a bad note. <laughs> I can't. I don't think I've ever sobbed. I mean, the closest I ever got to like sobbing in a movie, I yeah. think, was Goodwill Hunting. Okay, when and you, I've never seen Goodwill Hunting. Oh my god! I know the story. I've seen no. parts of it, but I haven't seen it, and it's one that drink, I, I've got to watch. Drink enough and watch it. It's should on, should, it's should I drink Netflix. some Boston Lager? Yeah, it's on the Netflix. Yep. I had never seen it. Maria is a, was a huge fan of the movie. She's a right. huge fan of Matt Damon. Huge fan. Matt Damon. I wonder what Jeremy DB's explanation of Goodwill Hunting would be. So, <laughs> so I was like, man, you know, what? Did, like, she's like, you have to see it. I'm like, eh, it's it's one of those serious movies, you know. It's you know it's about friendship. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, watch the movie. I'm like, it's a torture genius. She's like, will you shut the fuck up and watch this movie? So you did. 
So I watched the movie. <laughs> but I was by my, I watched it by I'm like, fine, I'll go I'll watch it. And I watched it by myself. I was like, I don't want you there watching it with me because I right. don't want you just sitting next to me just staring at my yeah, face. Yeah, waiting, wa- to, see waiting to see your yeah. emotions and like And by the end of the movie, the everyone acts so well uh-huh. in that movie. Everyone. Every member of that cast does an excellent job. My grandfather's obituary. Don't give me that face. Okay. You're clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, absolutely beautiful movie. Really? Yeah. Beautiful movie. And it ends on, on such a note that you wouldn't expect it to. Um, I really know. I really don't know the end of the movie. So that I, like, and, and the Green Mile. Oh, Green Mile was dull. Oh, Forget man. about it. I was, yeah. it was over with yep. me. Yep. I agree. With John Coffey, I was like, done. Yep. Mm-hmm. Fucking done. Yep. Here's. I uh, I have forfeited my man card on many occasions. I always earn it back. Have I ever shown you my man card? No. Put your penis away. <laughs> I actually have a man card. Shout out to Frankie. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He went on this website and made us. Oh Jesus! An wow. Actual man card. <laughs> so I have a man card to be taken at any point. Um, that is awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, I love it. Every time someone's like, oh, you know, let me take away your main card. It's like, oh, here you like, go. What the fuck? <laughs> like, oh, you, oh, you don't have one? <laughs> Who's the bitch like, now? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I have a man card. Uh, any, any more movies that make you cry? Um, I no, mean, I like, I, I'm emo- like, like, I'm emotional. Like, I'm an emotional guy. Um, so, like, the, the, the sobbing type, like. Crying, it's not like I'm not sitting there sniveling like you know tissue, but like I mean, it's like it's way more than like I'm rolling a tear, right? But like for instance, Inside Out, I cried. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, dude, it's awesome. When up. you get a chance, up and then that didn't watch up. It doesn't. Yeah. No, I did. I did. That's what happened. Is like I, I watched part of Up, and I'm like, this reminds me of Notebook too much. Ain't gonna happen. I'm gonna make it through the whole fucking movie. No, <laughs> ain't, no, I'm done. Dude, Toy Story three. Schindler's Toy Box? Toy Story 3, when they're, when they're all <laughs> holding hands, I was like, oh my god, they're going to kill off my favorite Pixar characters. And I was, oh, I was man. done. I, like, I'm also the guy that was like, I'll be, I'll be, you it's, know. It's not even really crying. Like, no, I mean, like, rolling me, a tear. getting emotional about right. it. Right. Not necessarily crying, but getting worked up about it. But that's, that's, that's one of the beautiful things about the human character is that you can, is that we do feel things like that. We should. That's part of life. That's, I mean, that's what makes us human beings and i think that's okay i mean i'm the kind of guy like to be rolling you know driving like we were driving they're rolling the blunt and i just tear the fuck up no <laughs> it's gonna be so good no but i like we were driving home from michigan today and there was a song on that had absolutely nothing to do with anything that happened with my grandpa or anything this weekend it had like it would like in the, the reason like i kind of got a little welled up had nothing to do with any of that but it was a song called uh cowgirls don't cry okay this one does. And I was, <laughs> 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 uh, and it just like I but I'm the kind of guy that I'm like, oh man, that's like, you know, a really beautiful song, a beautiful message, something, mm-hmm. you know. And it uh, it's a lot of stuff that to where, you know, like things I wish I, I would like to be able to say to my kids or have them understand at some point. Oh, yeah. That that's what that's what usually gets me. Stuff that like has to deal with my kids. That happened anything. the day after Maria and I found out we were pregnant with Cecilia. Right. Is it a Cecilia or Sebastian? No, it had to be Cecilia. It was the day after we're getting in the car, and 
Arms Wide Open by Creed. Oh, yeah. Playing, which isn't the greatest song in the world, but the message in the song... Great. Just, we're in the car, both, just crying. <clears throat> on our way to breakfast at, like, 10 o'clock in the morning. So how did how did she tell you? How did, like, how did you find out, like, you were pregnant the first time? Ooh, like, like, uh, like... I had a horrible, horrible day at work. Okay. Just, I was pissed. I called people on the ride home to say... We lived down the block from our favorite bar at the time. In okay. Week. Ronnie lived upstairs from us. Okay. My brother lived next door. Okay. So I called everyone up. I'm like, that, bah, 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 bah. Avengers, assemble. We're going to Mahoney's. I had a horrible fucking day. It's Friday. Let's go out. And everyone, everyone knew the rules. You have a bad day. It's a Mahoney's kind of day. You're going out. Gotcha. We're a block away. We walked you, there. You blew the conk? Back. Exactly. So I walk into the into the apartment at the time. And Betty's running around and Maria's recording her. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm recording Betty. And, and uh, I was like, all right. So I'm walking around. I'm getting changed and everything. And she's like, Adam, come back to the kitchen. I'm like, what? What do you want? She's like, she stops the recording. She's like, I wrote something down on our little whitewash board for you. And uh, I think it said, can't wait to meet you, Daddy. And, I, and she's sitting on the counter. I was like, what? And she's like, yeah. So I ran over there, you know, happy. Yep. Now, she was just a few weeks in. Sure. So we go to Mahoney's, and everyone's like, oh, how bad was your day? I'm like, it's, my day's amazing. I'm having a great day. And they're like, right. oh, you had a bad day? I'm like, fuck today. It was horrible. But I'm having a great day now. And I and I told everybody right then and there. Right. I'm, like, I'm like, we're right in. Maria's like, why don't you, know, you dial that down I, a little I bit there, bud? wait for the three-month, you know. Yeah, day. let's get past the, uh, right. And, uh. It turns out that my brother was, or his wife was pregnant at the same time, just a few months or a few weeks prior. Okay. And they knew, but they didn't. They didn't announce it yet. Oh. Me, I, I was just, I was so pent up with it that I. Right. So my brother's crying, and now he, like later on, he told me, like you know, it, it was only because I, inside, I was like, you know, what are the odds of that? Right. That you and I, I mean, and the the girls are two weeks apart. Right. And it's it's awesome. And Sandra was already pregnant at the time. Okay. So our little unit was babified. Gotcha. All in one shot. Young Avengers. Exactly. <laughs> uh, great series. Have you read Young Avengers? Yes, I have. Great series. Yep. Um, that was when I first found it. What about you? Um, Claire and I were living in an apartment in Romeoville. And... Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but how I remember it is I was, I was, was I napping on the couch? I was laying down on the couch watching TV or dozed off or something. And you came home from work and she handed me a gift bag. So like, I got you something. I'm like, okay. It was just kind of weird. Like I, it was, I think it was like a Saturday and she was working the weekend and I wasn't, she worked at, uh, at Jewel at the time, uh, manager. And she came home, I like so I like you know how it is Saturday mornings and watching movies doze off, right? She comes home, opens the door, and our door opened right into where the couch was. So she walked in the door and like, Hey, I got you something and she like she set it down on like actually on my stomach and she like was taking off her jacket and everything and I open it up and dig through like the tissue paper and everything and there was the pregnancy test at the bottom and I was like Done. Are you for real? Seriously? And I I lost it. I lost it, and like it was still one of the uh, 
one of the happiest moments of my life. It should be. I mean, yeah. And we'll think, I mean, we've been lucky. We've, we've tried twice, got to no issues. I mean, same you know, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed and I feel really bad for people to have to go through any issues like that, but I'm real thankful oh, yeah. for what I've got. Um, but it was just like, I, it came out like it really was surprises. I figured, you know, Hey, we're going to start trying. It's going to be a little while. So I had no, like, it's, it's pretty, really pretty hard to surprise me with stuff. So, but that one caught me completely, completely off guard. Cause I had in my head that it's gonna be, you know, maybe a month or two or mm-hmm. something later on. But like when we decided to try, like when we decided to try, it was like now that's, that's exactly like, hello. That's exactly I'm like, God I mean. damn, I'm glad we used birth control prior to this. We're like let's plan it so we can have the kid. <laughs> Sometime around our anniversary, right? Our one-year anniversary. Our daughter was born the day before our anniversary. Then we're like, let's make it so the next kid is a year and a half later. They're a year and five months apart. There you go. Like it, it couldn't be more just. Oh, you want pregnant? Boom, you got yeah. it, lady. Yep. Like it's just all right. The second time, how did how did she tell you? Oh, she just told me that time. Like she went to. Well, we were with with uh, Mara. She was getting a little bit frustrated at first because it was taking more than three weeks to get pregnant. We tried for a couple. Well, I went off the, I went off the pill in the middle of the month. Right, then, right, right, right. And um, so then, like, like, I got a pseudo period, and two weeks later, I got my period again. That's right. Yeah, that's what it was. So she was like, so she was thinking, like, oh, it's going to take longer. And then it was like right after that, she found out because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Right. And then she went, you know, yeah, she popped up. She's like, Maria told me at the stroke of midnight on New Year's. Oh, really? She's like, let's go upstairs and say goodnight to Cecilia, who was already in bed. So we go upstairs and we're like, you know, happy new year. We love you. Maria turns to me. She's like, I'm pregnant. Like get the fuck out of here! <laughs> we have people downstairs, right? And, you know, that time she's like, "Don't tell, don't anybody. say shit." So I'm like, <laughs> so I'm "Do you have a hard time like keeping secret from people? Like, 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 not like a secret. Like, if you tell me, like, hey, don't tell this person something, boom, no problem, locked up, no yeah. problem, right? But if it's something that like I want to tell something, yeah, yeah, I'm like, I can't, I can't buy presents for people because I'm just like. Uh, I can't. I can't wait two weeks to your birthday to have. I can't make it to Christmas. Nope. Every time I buy Maria's present, I'm like, "So do you want your present today?" She's like, "Christmas is a month and a half away." I'm like, "So that doesn't answer." Like, yeah, yeah, that's not what I asked you. <laughs> so usually we don't make it to Christmas, but gotcha. I'm gonna try and push it this year. I might have to buy the present. I mean, I, I bought Maria's wedding ring on a f- Thursday. Proposed to her on a Saturday. How'd you propose to her? On a Scrabble board. Oh really? Yeah. Was a Scrabble thing you guys played? Like was that that one yeah, thing? Yeah. So so it wasn't abnormal for you guys to be playing Scrabble? No, that's cool. So I put him, you know, marry me, and she's like, that doesn't count. And I'm like, yeah, that's two words, dumbass. Like, <laughs> out the ring and throw it down. We we had a bunch of people over because oh. it was the weekend of my birthday. We had just came out of Comic Con. Okay, we were gonna go to Mahoney's because why not? Right, yeah. as is tradition. Yeah, it was it was good. That's cool. You, um, I proposed to first i asked uh i, I got with her her dad and asked his permission because that's what i did in the meantime thursday right. i got the ring friday I asked for permission saturday I proposed. dude that's perfect <laughs> uh i i bought i bought a ring um and met with her dad um while she was at the house but i like was able to like her mom like ran block for me because she knew i wanted to ask him so i asked him is cool um, he was absolutely happy. He was like, yes, yes, that's great. Fantastic. I'm like, cool. He likes me. That's great. And, um, 
but the way I proposed was we were up at Thanksgiving for my dad's side of the family up in Michigan, and um, I let my dad know what I was going to do, but I, I had worked on a song called My Last Name by Dirks Bentley and played that for her sitting next to me in front of the rest of my family. It was no, it was no big deal. Like it was, It's very common for us, like me and my dad and the uncles, we be playing guitar and stuff while we're waiting for dinner and all that. I mean, it's what we do. But when I had her come sit next to me and everybody else stopped playing and kind of like was standing around us and I played it and, uh, the jig was up. Oh yeah. But yeah. And, uh, at that point you can't, I mean, Claire, you can't really just do anything but sit and wait for the ring. Right. Yeah. It's nice and long. <laughs> and That's like, what she said. <laughs> not ever. No. And, uh, I rewrote the second verse because it didn't because the way that the song is originally written it didn't apply to my grandfather so I like rewrote the second verse so like and we've got it on my dad recorded and everything so we've got that on video but I've never been able to watch it. Really? No, no, because I don't want to cry. Oh my god! <laughs> you look like you're starting to get a little worked up just thinking about yep. it. Well, I and actually last week I started trying to play the song again and I can finally make it through the song without crying now. Just, just such a happy moment. Hey. Cheers, buddy. To our wives. Absolutely. Thank you, ladies. So what was the other topic? What was the other thing we talked about? All right. What would you do if you won the $350 million lottery? What, is the, what are some of the things that you think you'd have to do? Two chicks at the same time, man. No. <laughs> All right, office space. Two chicks at the same time. Um, $350 million. So we're going... It doesn't have to be that amount, but it's right. enough it's enough money that you don't have to worry about money for the rest of your right. life. Right. Obviously, we're talking generational wealth at this point. Yes. Um, I set my kids up with a trust, but a trust that makes them do something rather than having to just get money handed to them. I won't. I will not allow my kids to just leech. No. Ain't gonna happen. So they'll have a trust, but the trust requires would have certain requirements for them to be, you know, maintain a job or or, or, or something or, or something, yeah. yeah or you know, okay, if you don't want to have a job and now we're wealthy and you would rather volunteer than fine, then then it, you know it would shift to fine. Then you you need to produce something for society or for for somebody else other than you, exactly. right? Um, That's good. Myself, I would. Um, Claire's asked me this question before, like, what would you do if you didn't ever have to worry about money again? I would, I would probably buy a bar to where my friends would end up drinking for free. And I, it would be just because that's kind of like my environment that I like to hang out with people is like, you know, I'd like having people in my house, but my house would be so baller having $350 million that I would want everybody at my house all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but I would, but I would buy a bar like where I could like have people come over and it would probably, I would probably buy something, you know, tropical somewhere nice to where you can use it all season and I'd fly my friends out and have fun. I mean, I would, I do financially responsible things. I probably set like you know a good 150 million of it up in separate accounts for mm-hmm. different people that I know in my family to make sure that everybody can kind of have some generational wealth as they can. But the things that I would do for me is make it easy for me to see and hang out with as many people as I want whenever I want. Nice. So whether that be like buy out a cruise ship for a month and a half and like pay everybody you know 50 grand to come because they like, well, I can't come to, can't come because I got to work. Well, I was 50 G check sound, Does it have you to know, be fit, like, can you drop like a good 10 and be fine with it? Right. Yeah. But I'm saying like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like 50 G's, can, can you just give me the money and I yeah. don't have to come then? Cause right. I'm like, cool staying home for a year. Right. It's like, I would, I would want to do things with people because, um, I really feel that, you know, you get one shot at life and why not spend it with the people you like? Um, 
I'd want to make, you know, like I said, make sure that people that I know that I care about are taken care of for if something, if I were to walk out the front door and get hit by lightning, I'd want that to be the first thing I secure. And then after that, I would just proceed to have fun for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. That's all I would do. Like I would, I would spend, I would probably set a hundred million dollars or $150 million of it aside and spend it. Yeah. My goal would be to not like not spend it in like a week, but I would like, it would be there for me to spend because when I'm, when that's gone, I would have the other shit I set up to supply me for the rest of my life. Gold PS4. I would I would actually buy a PS4. I would. That'd be the one time. You know what? Fuck it. I have the money. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I mentioned on our podcast, if, if money wasn't an option, what would I do? And I said, I'd work in a comic book store. I wouldn't own one. But you'd work at one? I'd work at one. I could see one. that. That'd I'd be work cool. at one for minimum wage. Just pay me the bare knuckle minimum of whatever you want to that way you're not worried about overheads or shit like that you're yeah just like, i don't but have you to worry about just, employees yeah. i don't have to worry about in, right. you know, people stealing shit just right let me be the asshole in the corner of the comic book store that looks down on people that ask me comic book questions but i could just you know my my only thing is every comic that comes in i get first like we open the box i get the first one yep i don't care if we have pull list for a hundred thousand people i get the, that's mine i get number one of every comic book and i'll have in my $10 million mansion or whatever, I'll have a room full of just yep. comic books. It'll basically be my own store. Just The, the Adam Vault of comic books. And it's going to be awesome. Um, obviously, I'd give a large chunk of money to you know my parents, her parents, yeah. siblings, blah, 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 all, right, all yeah. those people. Put right. money aside for the kids, again, right. with the stipulation of, you know, they have to work or they have to, you know, maintain a certain uh, yeah, I'm not gonna pay level of education. Yeah. Uh, but besides that, I'm not – I don't like to think of myself as an, as an outlandish person. Right. Like, I'd probably fix my Corolla, like, to back-to-factory standards and just keep it as is. You really? Know, just drive around in that. Yeah, no, um, not me. My like, fancy car would be a Bentley Coupe. Nice. That's as fancy as I'd get. I don't like two-door cars. Um, I'd probably get a Rolls-Royce Phantom. Okay. I'd get a driver anytime I needed it. Cause right. Why have a Rolls Royce Phantom if you're going to drive it yourself? I mean, mm-hmm. who's, who's that helping? Um, and I'd completely change up my wardrobe. I'd have like this kind of stuff for yeah. casual wear, but ninety percent of my clothes would be suits. I would I would have tailored suits as well. Like I would I would look like even scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> Adam was just scared by water. By it's like an M Night Shyamalan water. movie. <laughs> um. I would have tailored everything. Like, I mean, even if, you know, I'm out on the cruise line or down at my cool little tiki bar that I got on the island that I bought that I fly people to. I know you're the kind of motherfucker to have, like, a white party, like your P. Diddy or something like that. Everyone just oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Just one guy shows up in a KKK outfit like, what? You said it was a white party. <laughs> That's next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Anonymous hasn't found us yet. No, but, like, yeah, I mean. Like, even if it was, you know, Hawaiian shirts and, you know, Tommy Bahama shorts type thing, like, all my khakis, all, I mean, like, all my comfortable wear would also be tailored to me. Like, okay. It, it's, Here's something. If if you could dress, like, one character from a movie, TV show or something, if you can say, I want that guy's style all the time, who would it be? Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven. That's a good one. Like, the relaxed... 
Like that, like the I relaxed, like silver suit, like yeah, like a silver shimmery looking suit at one point. But, but you got to throw that one in there every now and again, you know, yeah, like you got to break it up. But like, but like that relaxed, you know, and doesn't have a tie on ever, you know, got the popped open button, you know, but we'll throw the tie on if he's got to dress up for the part. But like that style of, of, you know, new money chic, that's what I would go for. I got to go with Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Inception. Yeah, he looked baller in that. I mean, that was Just that was tailored suits, yeah. fitted, yep, clean, yep. That's that's when I dress up. That's who I look at in the mirror. Like, like I I want everything to be pristine. You know, right? Everything needs to be pressed, pressed or ironed. Yep. Um, it's I know you. I'm sure you've seen the picture between a good suit and a courtroom suit. Like, no, the courtroom I, suit, no, like like the. What a man's suit should be is, you know, nice, tailored, you know, everything fitted, and then the courtroom suit's a little baggy. And, you know, oh, I, I, I got you, got you, yeah. Um, but I feel like there are rules for men. Like, every man should have one black suit, one gray suit. Yep. Um, whether two-piece or three-piece. Yep. Just like every woman should have a nice black dress, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And a nice pair of heels. Yep. It's not for an all-the-time thing. No. Just, hey, it's a special occasion. We're going out sometime. Let's go fucking nuts. Right. Uh, when we were in Boston, Marie and I got all fucking dressed up. You know, I threw on, you know, a shirt and tie and a vest. You know, we're, we're literally, we bought these outfits just to go out, out of the town. Did you buy them in Boston? No. Okay. We bought them beforehand. We didn't show one another. Oh, that's cool. So it was that's like, cool. Like, I like that. That's nice. That's cool. And it was, it was really nice. Like, she looked amazing. Um, she really liked the outfit that I picked out, and it's it's one of those things like, man, I wish I could do this every day. Like, yeah, yeah it's a pain in the ass putting on a tie every single day with a yeah. tie bar and all this stuff. But like, do you, do you, it's do you, like, nice. Do you know what's a, like a goofy thing like that I think from a movie that would be something that I would actually really want? It's going along the lines of fashion and everything. It's like if I had that kind of money to where I could really have like like I like clothes. Like I have to go through my closet often to, to take stuff out because I like I buy new stuff, I get new things and I have to move it out, right? But I would totally like want the uh um thing from Clueless where she was like able to punch in oh. what the fuck she wanted and boom and show you know I, I thought you were gonna say the Wallace and Gromit uh, like, uh, no, <laughs> yeah, he just falls into yeah. the suit. No, 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 no. The thing from like, like yeah, like, like where you can be like, okay, I want to, I want this. Like, okay, here's all the shit you own. What do you want to wear? I want to wear that shirt, those pants. Boom. Now just give them to me because yeah. I've got so many clothes. Just give me that. Have you yeah. seen the, uh, is it five men club? Something like that. But it's, it's a men's fashion line, like high end fashion line mm-hmm. where they send you clothes. Yes, I have. But they've teamed up with Marvel. Yes, I have seen so, that. So like they have like a Tony Stark jacket where just on the inside, just a little Avengers A. Yeah. And it's 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 enough that I want to be like, I wanna be in this club. Right. But my body style is so strange. Because I don't I fit some What, skinny tall guy? Large. <laughs> but no, like, I understand. I, mean, I I fit between large and extra large. Like, yeah. like depending on the shirt, the pants, the whatever, I could either be this or that, and it, I really have to try everything on. Exactly. I have to try everything on. And then I have to calculate what it's going to fit like once it gets washed. Yep. I have so many clothes. Unless it's, dry, nice unless it's a piece of dry cleaned. Unless yeah. it's something dry cleaned. But, like, any cotton, anything, it's like, okay, I need to go up a size. Or, like, no, it, like that. I need to go down one, you know. I understand. It's, it's a it's a weird thing. Like I, 
that always have to be extra particular in the like even t-shirts mm-hmm. like absolutely some, my I'm, t-shirts some i'm large some i'm you go up to my you go up to my closet one's large one's extra large one's large my undershirts that i wear like under um like i have a lot of uh shirts that i wear like for my um dress cash like where it's uh you know like rolled up sleeve dress shirts but my undershirts for that i wear mediums because i don't want to wear like undershirts i would rather wear like a v-neck like nice shirt, so I wear mediums to kind of keep everything tight. Compressed, yeah. Well, yeah, and it's like you don't want like that shirt flopping out or like having your. You don't want your t-shirt bigger than the shirt you're wearing. I can't have, stand it. That that's ridiculous. That's annoying. So like, <laughs> so like I'm gonna buy some mediums that way I can tuck them up and and be good. But like all like my graphic tees and shit that I wear, you know, like my hobo college student clothes, large, extra large. You know, it's a roll of the dice each time. What's the next one, man? What's the next topic? Oh man. Come on. What the hell is that? Oh, video game duels. Duos like, or duos? duos? Okay. Like partners in video games. Okay. Since we don't have our fellow podcasters with us. Right. Who are some Who are some video game characters that you loved growing up that are duos? So video game, video game duos. duos um, I was thinking about that when I was... It was part of the whole Mario and Luigi thing that we were talking about earlier. Right, right, right. Um, that has to be number one for me. Yeah, I think that's the penultimate number one, no doubt. I would go uh, Double Dragon. Ooh, Sonic and Tails. Or Sonic and... Uh, yeah, Sonic and Tails. Right. Um, one of my favorites. Mega Man and Rush. Good one. What's the name of the little dog? That he had? Rush. Oh, that was Dog? That yeah. Was Rush. Yep. yep. I never remember that. I thought Rush was... Uh, oh, no. Let's do another video game series. Being a roll, the girl? Or, he, yeah. or Zero. No, the girl. Yeah, that's a roll. Um, I got to go with Army of Two. The guys from Army of Two. Okay, see, I was Salem, I was hoping you're gonna Salem go next gen. Okay, my next gen because I was thinking about that. My next gen that I would that I would go with is uh, is Marcus and Dom from Gears, Gears of War. War. I sat and played that game, couch co op with my buddy, so much. Like uh, after Claire and I got married. We then moved back with my parents for a few months because we were getting, looking to get in the house and everything. So we moved back with my parents, and I was, like, just down the block from my buddy. So at night, everything was calmed down. Rather than, like, calling him up and play online, i just kind of walk over to his house with a six-pack, and, nice. and we sit and play Gears of War, which is what made me buy my 360. Um, it's okay. It's our podcast. You're going to hear glass clinking around and shit know, like that so that you hate. I'm, I'm not used to that. I know. I'm real, like, ginger with stuff. Um Joel and Ellie from The Last of Us. Uh, see, I've always wanted to play that game. The Last of Us has to be one of the greatest reasons to ever get a PlayStation system, whether it's right. three or see, four. Yeah. Like it's, even if you don't want to play it. I do want to play it. That's my problem is I do want to play it. I'll let you, I'll let you borrow my entire PS3. Just to, Now, it's, it's so much better on PS4 because they re-upped the graphics. Right. But you want to talk about getting choked up? That game. And it was... That game changed me in so many ways. It was so good. Um, easily with the best video game I've ever played in the past 10 years. Wow. Nice. Um, some good ones. I'd go with uh, Master Chief and Cortana. Halo. From the Halo series. Because of the way their, their... Their interaction is what drives the story. So it's not so much of a duo, like if you think about like Mario and Luigi and the you know guys from Double Dragon and stuff like that. But when you, it's a really a two-person story, the story is really between Master Chief and 
Cortana, even in the new series with Halo 5 and the way that they're redoing, like the way they're um, going to the next evolution of the Halo series, it's really about Master Chief and Cortana's relationship, which is driving the storyline. So it's like, I would have to say, I mean, when you've, when you've spanned five next-gen yeah. games, it would have to be... It, that's, that's my argument for a valid duo, because it's not... Because you never play as Cortana, so it's hard to say she's like... That. But that'd be my reach, I think, you know? I gotta go Dead to Rights. It's a video game for PS2. Yes, it is. It was a guy with his dog. Yep. Um, I love that game. Graphics-wise, not a good game. But the game was so much fun. The fact that you could sick your, sick your dog, dog on the guys was so awesome. Get his gun. Bring it back. Great, yep. now I got ammo. Like, I remember playing that, like, pausing it, like, hold on. All right, that was awesome. Yep. <laughs> Unpause. Let's keep going with the game. Yep. Um, if we're going to go with Cortana and Master Chief, you got to go with the Ghost and your Guardian in, in uh, Destiny. Oh, yeah, I would think so. Absolutely. I mean, you can't do anything without the other guy anyway. Right, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Absolutely. Mm. Here's one that a lot of people might not know. Enter the Matrix. Oh. Ghost and Niobe. Awesome duo. Absolutely. Two totally different games. Graphics of that game were horrible. But it was so fun. It was just a fun I game. Had, I had my 360... Uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't 360. I had my Xbox at the time modded and hacked to where I could play burnt games. I had Enter the Matrix a month before the movie came out. Oh, wow. And I beat the game because of the like the gameplay was so good. So, like, me and my buddy that I played the, the Gears of War stuff with, like, we just get together and play. And, like, he, like, you ever had, like, those games you like watching other people play to where you don't even care if you're playing it? You're just like, wow, this game is fun to watch. Like the way that you can move and the way you the way you interact like could fight in that game made you feel well, like I was you were fighting in... people. Like I wouldn't even move on. Like after I beat the game, I replayed it and I wouldn't even move on to the next part until I killed at least like three hundred people. Right. And it was that much fun. Right. And you could do it like one right after the other. It's not like oh I kill this guy next guy next guy. No, it's like you're in the middle of a fight. Okay, so you grab the next guy, punch him in the face as you kick the other guy out and kill him. You're fighting this other guy. You grab another one and pull him in. It's like you felt like you were in the Matrix. Like mm-hmm. you, like your character felt like it was. It was so much fun. Oh, it was so good. It makes me want to rewatch Matrix now. I thought that I was in the Matrix for two weeks. There's a portion of my life where I thought I was in the Matrix. Just keep seeing your cat walk by twice. No, but after I saw after I saw Enter the Matrix, I found it very, very, very plausible that that was the plausible. World. Yeah. Yeah. Any other ones? Duos? Um, I'm sure we're forgetting a bunch of them that people are like probably would be screaming at us at this point. Oh yeah. But uh ones that are of note to me, I really don't think so. I mean not not that like I, I'm trying to find some way to like Zelda and Link, which you never play as Zelda, so I like You do, it, but that was in the um the C D I games. Right. Right, Which so it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and you know, you could say you could then again make the same comment that I made about Cortana, but at the same time, um, that's next gen, next gen. That's actually driving cutscenes. That's driving a. It's got to be a video game where you, in one way or another, play as the other character. Right. I would think. Yeah, Army of Two was good. Yeah, that, and that's like Gears of War for me. I, I like that game. With, I liked I liked the Dom and Marcus relationship so much in Gears of War that 
I never bought Gears of War Judgment where you're playing as the other two guys that you like that are the other fire team. No, I don't. Those guys are strangers to me. No, really. I mean, that's that's really what it is. I mean, like, yeah, when, like, well, like, spoiler alert. But like, when Dom died in Gears of War three, I I was emotional. I didn't quite cry. It's kind of hard to cry sitting next to another bro, but it's like, holy shit, he's like, ooh, I got one. It's it's rough. Shadow of the Colossus, the main guy and his horse. Never played it. Beautiful game for for a game made on PS2. Was that the was it a side scroller? No, no, it's your um, it's got such an old school feel. It's right. I, I remember seeing it. I just never played it. Your guy who finds a princess that's asleep. That's right. Yeah. To, okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Beautiful, beautiful game. And spoiler alert: when the horse dies. The world stopped for me because I was so involved in that game. You can't help but be because you're you're on this horse riding from point A to point B in like 20 minutes. Right. You're like, I'm still on this fucking horse looking for this one colossus right. to climb up his body to fight him. So right. I get transported back to exactly where I was. But because you're in this world where you're not fighting anything in the meantime. Right. It's you, your horse. You get to the colossus. You, your horse either helps you fight him. Or it's just you and, and the Colossus. Mm-hmm. But this is your only friend through the whole game. And when that guy dies, it's like, what did you just do? <laughs> like, why would you do it? And the horse saves you. Well, the horse <laughs> saves you and then dies. Like, that's... Gotcha. Like, he dies doing a heroic act. Like, ugh. That was a rough... That was a rough one. Another video game where it's like, oh, no. Yeah. So let me left or right on video games. Silent Hill or Resident Evil? Silent Hill. I also am a Silent Hill. Did you ever play... Um, the Room? Eternal Darkness? No. It was a GameCube game? I never had a GameCube. Man, my buddy had one, and we played that. It was a, it was a Lovecraftian-type game. Okay. To where, like, you'll walk... Like, the game messes with you. Like, the game is designed to mess with you. So you'll walk into a room with your character. It's kind of like an over-the-top, like three, you know, third third person mm-hmm. game. You'll walk into a room, and something will come out of the wall and kill you. Game over screen. And all of a sudden, it re- and all of a sudden you tell it to, to say okay, reset, and then boom, you're back right before you walked in the room. It's like okay, like and you're playing, you're running along and you're doing stuff and all of a sudden you walk into a room and it's not the same room you just walked into. You walk into a room and it takes you to a different room or, and it's not all the time. It's not one of those things where it's like all the time is going on. Like you'll have like a good 30, 45 minutes of gameplay and then one small thing will happen. It's not always like, oh, we're like screwing you up and, and the things you're trying to do. It's the subtle stuff, yeah. Right. It, it, it feels like the, uh, the air of it feels like um, Resident Evil 1. Like imagine that kind of a mansion, but with a room like but but then the game Resident Evil One. Don't get me wrong, changed everything. Oh yeah, that was a game changer, absolutely. But Silent Hill One, Resident Evil One was scary because hey, things might kind of jump out of you. Silent Hill One was, I hear something, but nothing's there. Right. That was scarier to me. Right. That made me uneasy in the room that I was in playing it. Right. And Silent Hill 2 was absolutely amazing. Yeah. 
I, re- I really like the Silent Hill series. I felt I felt really. I, I kind of got pissed and stopped playing them after one. Like I would watch, like I'd play, like I played the other two, the other ones a little bit, but I got really pissed off at one because I got about six, seven hours into the game, and then my memory card failed, mm. and I'm just like, yeah, at that point, I'm like, the same thing happened to me on Final Fantasy XI, and I'm oh. like, and I'm like, nope. I was getting ready to go fight Sephiroth. I just got my Knights of the Round. I was getting ready to fight him. I was, I was like trying to get that leveled up. Mm-hmm. I was just getting ready to fight Sephiroth, and my and my my thing went down. I'm like. Fuck this game. <laughs> um, damn, what was I going to say about Silent Hill? Silent Hill The Room changed my life, too. That was such a weird game. It's You you wake up, you're in a room, and there's chains all over the front. You're in an apartment, and there are chains on the front door. Okay. All right, all right you look through the peephole. There's nothing there, but it's like a real distorted view. And you know one time you're going to look through this peephole, and something has to be there. Right. And, like, you turn to this hole into, you know, you go to the bedroom, there's a hole in the wall. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you look through it, and there's a woman. It's supposed to be the next apartment. There's a woman walking on the phone, and there's a, a stuffed bunny on the bed just, like, looking down. And you back out, you look back in, the bunny's turned and staring at you through the hole, and it's just like, you know, little shit like that. Old boy the video game. There's little stuff like that that made Silent Hill so awesome. Yeah. You never played PT, right? Mm-mm. No. You, you know what that is? The, no. Um, that was the uh, Konami game that was supposed to be done um, just recently with Guillermo del Toro. And oh, shit. Okay. And he, they were redoing Silent Hill. They were okay. playing Silent Hills, and they had this playable trailer, this playable teaser. And you start <clears throat> in the hallway. So it's an L-shaped hallway, making a right. You walk down, make a right, there's an open door at the end, you go through there, mm-hmm. go down like six, seven steps, open another door, door closes behind you, and you're at the beginning of the hallway again. So it's a giant loop. Right. So now you walk through again, all of a sudden that door is closed. So now you have to look around to figure out what the hell is going on in this room. And Right. There are little things, like they'll teach you to zoom in, like you'll see something on the floor and it'll say R3, press R3 and it zooms in. You hear, gotcha. and now the door's open at the end, okay. you go around. And then, spoiler alert, spooky stuff starts happening in the meantime, Right. and it gets more and more intense every time you go around. And it has to be the scariest thing I've ever played in my life. Really? And it was just the teaser for this game that they're not going to make anymore. Oh. Because uh, Hideo Kojima... Had a falling out. Right, right, right. So, so now they're just like, yeah, the game scrapped. Like, oh, you idiots! <laughs> you couldn't finish the game first, and oh. Norman Reedus was gonna be is the main character oh, okay. of the game. Okay, so it was like you guys had so much going for you for this one game, and now it's over with. Gotcha. Huge disappointment. That's rough. I hate it when games like that go to. Exactly. Did you ever play Thrill Kill for your PS One? No. It was a game that never got launched in the states. I had my I had a modded PlayStation One, and uh, it was like to where it was like Mortal Kombat to the next level, but it was like in a um, like a 3D environment, kind of like remember when they started doing like you know uh, like Soul Calibur and mm-hmm. things. It was like that kind of an environment, but like the bad guys in it was like this giant like um, dumb guy by dumb guy. I mean like the medical definition of dumb guy with like a little midget on his back they'll like jump off and like hit you with a chain hook and pull you and then rip your arms off nice. like in like a, a person that had their knees 
like their knee, their legs cut off from the knees down and had stilts in place, like pointy stilts, Creepy. like wrapped up in bandages. Like it was called thrill kill. It was horrible, but it was fun to play because nobody had it, you know. So what else you got, man? Uh, the last topic I have is supervillain powers that you want. Not superheroes. Right. Just supervillains. Hmm. Supervillain powers that I want. See, I, I go, I start running to my to my favorite supervillains first, and I'm like, well, those would be good, like Thanos being a force of nature, you know, the Infinity Gauntlet, but that's not being Thanos, right? Thanos is a big bad motherfucker. Uh, Venom, that's great, but all of a sudden the symbiote's gone, and then you have nothing, right? Um, superhero powers, supervillain. I mean, supervillain. Sorry, yeah, supervillain powers. Now you go Magneto. Magneto's a good choice. I like that choice. I, I always thought it'd be kind of cool to be able to... Apocalypse uh, would be good to have. Yeah. Yeah. Mystique. Mystique would be a fun one to have. Um, just to mess with people, that'd be a good one to have. Right. I know there's something that Rodney probably thinks about because he, he's he's another concern. He's like, yeah, if I had superpowers, I'd for sure be a supervillain. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like yeah, probably robbed from a bank or something like that right which you can't fault him for that no nope. you know, because they all made mistakes <laughs> um <laughs> i can't help myself okay um, shit happen I, I, I gotta go sinestro really i mean it's a, it's as simple as having that that sinestro core power ring but yeah it's the uh the mirrored version of the power that i want for a superhero right that's fine with me. That, I mean, that's acceptable. I mean, that makes it's the it's the same dichotomy for me of you know Spider Man Venom. It's it's, but to be able to harness that fear though, that's yeah, you go to some dark places in your mind yeah, for that. Absolutely. Um, man, it's it's more difficult than you it think. It really is. Um, Galactus. I mean, but what power does Galactus really have besides being no, nothing? He's he's just they've said in the comics he's he's a he's a galactic tornado. He just destroys it. There's no nothing. Um, you could argue Silver Surfer. That'd be kind of cool to be able to you know have cosmic power and be able to travel throughout space and time for the most part. Um, that'd be pretty cool. That would I mean that'd be kind of cool because like that's always been like. One of my dreams, like, you know, I, I dream about it. It'd be something cool to do is, like, be able to, like, fly through and see a nebula and just, like, be able to, like, that kind of space travel where you're actually, you know, moving faster than light speed, being able to see things that are impossible to see the, over the course of our lifetime. It'd be kind of cool to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I think, you know, right off the top of my head, I think Magneto would probably be my choice, like, for something that's not, you know... I think Sabretooth would be a good one to have, too. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to have to have all the extra stuff that comes with it. Hair? Well, the hair and the teeth and the... the it's just like... But he's huge. He is. Big mofo. I remember seeing him in the first episode of X-Men, the mm-hmm. animated series, and I'm like, holy shit, we're going to get to see Sabretooth, and you don't see him anymore in the show Yeah. for, for that episode. And I'm like, so we're just going to show a bad guy <laughs> and come back to him at a later time. Um, Mr. Sinister. I was thinking about that too. Um, Apocalypse, or not Apocalypse? Dark Side. Yeah, Dark Side would be good to, just to have that, that Omega Beam. Yeah, yeah. 
blast the hell out of somebody and just be over with. Um, obviously, there are the mind readers like you know the White Queen and stuff like that. Right. Um, cool uh, Sebastian Shaw, that would be a cool power to have, being able to just absorb all of all kinetic energy, all types of energy. And there's a cool issue where Colossus is just bashing him, and his his face is all bloodied and you know bruised up and swollen. Yeah. And he just puts his hands on the sides of Claus's head and just knocks him out cold. And I was like, for a guy that dresses like a complete loser, that was a pretty yeah. cool moment. I thought Kevin Bacon – I was listening to you guys talk about that. I thought Kevin Bacon did a really good job. I think he did a good like, job. I mean, for, for really making a character your own, I think, and I, the styling of um, – what's the guy that, uh, that directs that? Um, Matthew Vaughn. Yeah. His styling for those choices of the characters I think was very good. I think uh, that movie – was closer to the X Men movie I wanted the first X Men to be. Yeah, I don't think you need Wolf- you need a Wolverine in the first X Men movie. No, but everybody w- but everybody would have been disappointed that if we didn't get everybody, everybody would have been see, upset. That, that's what would have been cool is you start off without Wolverine, right? And you get people say we want Wolverine, we want Wolverine. Then maybe at the third one you have him show up. You could have elongated that series so much right. more. I agree with you on that. Did you ever see the uh, the Red Band tra- no, trailer, like the post credit scene that for uh, for Wolverine, the first bad movie, that like they only launched like in one out of a thousand theaters? Did you ever see that one with with Ryan Reynolds at the end? The one, the, the post credit scene. Which one? Because they, they had three of them, I think. Right, the one where Ryan Reynolds comes up and he picks up, you know, X, thir- you know, Weapon 13's head and goes, "Now who the fuck are you supposed to be?" Did you ever see that one? Yeah, there's a there's a there's really? a there's a that ha- it was it was a minimal launch that Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool not like in not in costume but it's Ryan Reynolds walks up and like it, it, like it, it's panned in and zoomed in on the head and then it, like somebody comes like a foot comes up and kicks it and spins it around so you can see it and then it, the camera pulls back and it's Ryan Reynolds standing there and he picks the head up and goes now who the fuck are you supposed to be That's cool. And then it you know end of trailer or end of uh, uh, Post credit. I wish that they would have gone with um, the second Wolverine movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. Wolverine. I thought it was good. They took away the ending where he was supposed to open it up and the brown costume was inside. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Trunk. That would have been absolutely. And I, I thought they missed a golden opportunity. Opportunity to maybe not just do that, but he's in Japan. Have somebody give him a samurai suit that looks like the Wolverine costume. Yeah, and he could have just pleased fans that way. Yep. Um, all right, what's your favorite post credit scene so far from any of the Marvel movies or even DC? I don't even know if DC does them. I don't think so. I mean, besides the Green Lantern movie when Sinestro puts on the power ring, that was like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say... Is it the first Iron Man where he's like, you know, I want to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative? Because that was... That, that was... That was... That was awesome. Because at that time, we didn't even know that they were coming out with all the movies. Right. Um, my, I would have to say my most favorite one as of right now is the one that just happened at the end of Avengers 2 when Anthony Mackie's char- character is in there talking to his contact. And she's like, yeah, we've got guys crawling on walls, slinging from building to building and everything. And I'm like, no matter how much you hear in the news about you know, them actually getting Spider-Man, like hearing it, seeing it finally in a movie, saying like that's the first hint that this is coming. I was just like, yes, 
Yeah, that was a good one. Um, the Incredible Hulk one, where uh, Thunderbolt Ross is just sitting at a bar knocking back shots after losing, and a door opens, and Tony Stark comes walking in. And it's the first real time that you notice, man, these movies really are connected. Like, yeah. He, you have Robert Downey Jr. coming in as Tony Stark, just bantering with, with this guy about, you know, like, like basically being saying that they're going to take care of his Hulk problem. I was just like... I, I still did like the shawarma scene at the end of Avengers. Oh, yeah. I thought that, like, I just, you see, and I know that's kind of like a throwaway scene, but it really shows to me the what they side. just kind of went through. Yeah. Like, this was nuts, you know? Like, so I, I thought that was pretty cool. Man. I don't know. Every, every time is something to look forward to. How stoked were you when uh, when Hulk grabbed Loki and just started whipping him around? Oh, did, did you Did you lose your mind? Not as much as when... He, he punched the cap, and he's like, you know, that's my secret cap. I'm always angry. And oh, God. Punched. I want to be like, projector, can you stop for one second? Because I can't handle it. <laughs> next 10 minutes because my brain is fried. Um, that and the transitionary scene from them helping one another in that movie. So you had Tony Stark flying down, drops down next to Captain America, shoots the Unabeam out. Captain Into America, the shield. Yes. Over, then, yes. You know, moves over and over. I was, I'm like, I can't, I can't do it, 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 yeah. I can't do it. And then, you know, the thing was over with Hulk, and, you know, Hulk punches Thor. And I that was, was like, what did the, I just see? Like, this was everything that I had waited yep. for my entire life in 30 seconds. Yep. And it was completely The, the act worth three it. of that movie was so beautiful. And, like, and it was people like, can say whatever they want about it being predictable. I don't like, care. It was just like, oh, I don't care. You knew they were going to win at the end. Like, don't so care. what? So what? I don't care. I want to see it again. It's like, let's, oh man. I can see that movie. I still get tingles. I still get tingles whenever I'm watching that. And I'm not going right, whenever I'm not going right to see him, but I'm watching the movie and they go to that point where he's like, see cap. My secret is I'm always angry. And when he turns on and just, and then the way you see him, like he, when he punches the, the thing and then he keeps driving his, like he, he punches it and stopped like his, like the nurse is pushing him back. But as he's getting pushed back, he keeps driving his fist further in. That's just like, oh, that's crazy. And then when he, you know, when they get back together, I right, call it out, Cap. Like when Tony finally gives over the team to Cap. Exactly. Like when when Tony's like, look, what? Okay, what do we do? You know. And then he looks at him and goes, Hulk smash. And you just like that grin. Oh, dead. Just it was just like uh-huh. it, was, it was over with for me. Oh. Uh-huh. I'm going to need a boost, though, and then he, like... It makes me think of the uh, Daredevil run that Frank Miller wrote, where Daredevil's fighting with the Kingpin. Like, Kingpin's destroyed Matt Murdock's life. It's when he he just finds out that Matt Murdock is the Daredevil. Right. Because Karen Page sold his secret for some heroin. Right. And it was such a serious thing. And um, he just finally is starting to get Daredevil back to what it used to be. And he's fighting this guy that the government sends in to basically F up part of New York City. And Daredevil's fighting him and Captain America shows up. But it's just a silhouette of him. And um, the caption says, with a voice that can that can control the gods. And you see Captain America holding a woman. He's like, Thor, put out those fires. And it says, and he does. And Thor is putting out, you know, the fires with, you know, rain and stuff. Oh, and that's like, cool. Man, Captain America is a like you can say whatever you want about 
Batman being the tough guy and you right. know, he doesn't take crap from anybody. Captain America leads a team of guys incrementally stronger than he will ever be. Right. And they listen to him. Right. That's a leader. That's not that's not a badass. That's the one thing that's always bothered me about Cyclops. Is right. Everyone gives Wolverine so many props. And it's like, this guy's the leader of the X-Men right. for a reason. Right. Let him be the leader. Tell him to tell Wolverine, you know what, shut the fuck up for ten minutes. I'm right. talking. Right. If they could have written that into a comic book one time right. and give Cyclops his due justice, it would have been that much better. Right. I feel like Cyclops is completely poorly written. I agree. In the in the first, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Promotions? Sure. What you got? You start. I want to uh, tell everybody to uh, listen to the shows on the Disease Network, uh, namely the flagship show, You're Going to Get a Disease. Mm-hmm. I don't know Rodney's whole thing, so I can't do that. Oh, I gotcha. I also <laughs> listen to Um That Just Happened, the uh, the sister podcast to the other podcast. Where you can find me and Rodney every every week. Every week. Listen to uh, Something Gate. That's my show with Stephen Michael Barda for your uh, weekend drinking games. Listen to Das Drunks for your blackout drinking games. Be sure to listen to uh, the Vag Dialogues with Mama Claire. Which she will. She has a couple episodes coming. I will return for one of those one day. Excellent. I'll put a wig on. <laughs> and then be sure to listen to all the other one-offs and uh, collaborative episodes on the uh, Disease Network, such as this one, um, the Avengers 2 Mosh Pit-type episode we did, and the Mosh Pit where, uh, where Rodney came and recorded with uh, Nick for the Turbo Cups events. And be sure to uh, hit us with your feedback. You can find them. Um, that just happened at uh, hashtag UTGH at, on Facebook, right? Facebook.com slash nice. hashtag spelled out UTGH. That's correct. You can find us at uh, Facebook.com slash something gate. And if you ever want to be on the UTGH podcast but can't come all the way out to the show, but you want to record either an FU or an um, I just saw, call 385-743-8854. That is the UTGH hotline. Or code line, because I don't think we ever really answer. But it's a uh, fuck pie <clears throat> UTJH. Yeah, it's spelled out fuck pie UTJH without the C. And uh, just leave us a message, send us a picture of something that you want to give an FU to, and we'll either post it on the set or put it in the podcast altogether. And they'll make fun of how you sound on the uh, text message that Rodney gets <laughs> that doesn't sound anything like what you said or similar to. Exactly. <laughs> Well, thanks for uh, staying with us, guys. This is more of a self-serving episode for me and Adam to finally be able to uh, get out from the uh, shadows of our superheroes. That was a lot of fun, though. Yeah, it was. I had fun. He's Jared Sampson. I'm Adam Flores. And, um... I like turtles. I like turtles.